Well, Merry Christmas, Mr. Scrooge. Merry Christmas. It's Christmas. Come on, Don. It's Christmas. Where's your Christmas spirit? <laughs> or as that Christmas song once said, so this is Christmas. So this is Christmas. Mary's, you know, world's kind of going a little haywire. It's Christmas. Many of us are quarantined or isolated or, you know, nursing some COVID. And... We're putting out a special Christmas episode, bringing you some Christmas cheer, uh, some episodes or some some gifts, gifts for Santa, as Vanessa Williams might say on Drag Race. Mm, Vanessa Williams. Mm, act one gun. Act one diva, Ooh. if you will. Um, yeah. and I'm not the act one gun. I am the boom, boom, I am the boom, boom, boom gun. gun. <laughs> Nobody pees on a diva. Uh. <laughs> Now, that's a deep tease. I can't wait to talk about that. But uh, hey, I feel like this week, it's kind of like we are, we've got we got three presents under the tree. And I feel like one is an all right, Merry Christmas tradition. One, mm. I think, is a current, you know, a, a current Christmas movie. Uh, so topical to, humor. Topical yeah. humor, you know. And then one, I, I certainly, I think for a, a lot of people has been a Christmas tradition and I think is totally somehow new to me and will now be a Christmas tradition in my life. Oh, it's, it's, you know, if you don't make these references, you're going to lose these references. If we stop talking, stop talking about that Christmas special, then it will be lost. So we will continue to revive it. Absolutely. Um, I'm excited to open up these presents. You know, Mary, it's been an interesting week. Um, You know, I, uh, I moved here. I moved back to the East Coast from Portland this week. Um, I, I, I've nothing but good things to to say about the process. All of the people were so kind to me there, and I I, I landed, and of course. On my flight, there was this person next to me that was coughing and sniffling the whole time, and so here I am, just trying to quarantine away until I can, you know, make sure I'm in the clear. Because who knows what that woman gave me on that flight? Yeah, yeah, and uh, I I know that I've claimed in previous episodes that I did not think that this brush with Vicaro that I'm I'm sporting right now was COVID related. Now I'm thinking that maybe I just did the home test wrong. So, so I, and so I am indeed spending, this sounds so depressing, spending Christmas on my own with Marco this year, which is fine. Um, we're going to be, well, fine. you know, you can do it cause you did it last year. I did year. it last year and I'm like equipped. I've got food in the house. I got weed in the house. And, oh. uh, I think, you know, I'm going to put together a little movie marathon, put together some snacky doodles and, oh. and also, you know, other than doing this episode and having a little Christmas cheer with the Marys, I'm good. It's okay. I'll make up for it yeah. in the future. You know, you know, it as uh, if people are are sad or feeling lonely. You know, there are ways to find joy. You just have to actively do it. Um, and uh, I don't know. I'm with my cat again, mm. and that makes me really, really happy. That's something I focus on. Elizabeth Ann. Um, yeah. Elizabeth Ann. Tomorrow, uh, my friend Iris uh, is is picking me up and we are going to start the move um, I mean, from, from New Jersey into New York. So I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled. That's a nice way to celebrate Christmas is like, give yourself the gift of a new chapter. Oh yeah, totally. My bike came yesterday. Oh my God. Lisa. My bike came oh, no, yesterday. My bike was Lisa. What was your bike's name? 
Jane. Jane. Just Jane. Just Jane. That's right. I named mine Lisa Simpson. Yeah. Yeah. Lisa. I can't do it. Yeah. Lisa. Yeah. Oh, you can't do I Lisa. I can't do Lisa. <laughs> she, that's in the, I can't reach her. I can't reach that shelf. Um. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. That's I know. Okay. I know. I know. I don't even know what that was. I don't either. I don't anyway. Either. But, uh, <laughs> but anyway, not going to let that stop me. Uh, yeah, I, it's, it's fun. You know, we did get, and I, I suppose you also did as well, being in New Jersey, we got a little bit of snow mm. on Christmas Eve. No big deal, but it was nice to wake up to a a, a somewhat white Christmas Eve. I'll take it. Oh, know? yeah, no, it is. I'm in the suburbs here, so it's white. It's a, you said a, a big statement right there. <laughs> oh, Mary, uh, yeah, pun intended yeah. for sure. Um, no, but I woke up and everything was covered. Uh, lots of snow. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, well, apparently, I think. Uh, you left, I guess, at an opportune or inopportune time because I guess Portland is getting a rare snowfall as well. Yeah, well, they actually, the the night that I flew out, there was a huge snowstorm. Uh, it was very interesting. Wow. Um, it actually rained all day that day and then snowed. And I'm just like, come on, universe, bring it on. Yeah. Bring it on. Just try it. I'm still going to fucking leave. Yeah. Oh, God, I had... I had such an easy time because my mood was just so elevated. Mm-hmm. Uh, n- nothing was going to stop me. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Because <laughs> this trip, it ends, you know, uh, where you need it to end, you know? Uh, you're yeah, gonna totally. Wake, totally. wake up tomorrow and you're still, you know, uh, yeah. still there, still living. You know what I mean? Like, I used to have that still, nightmare. Yeah, right. I'd right. wake up and still be in the stuck part, you know? Yeah, and it's not portland it's just i was alone in portland and so like my sister and a bunch of my friends are like oh john i'm so sorry you know you moved and now there's omicron spike here and i'm like let me tell you i'd rather be here than there with the spike because i already was there when it was scary and i i I, it 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 can't get worse than that (laughs) yeah yeah and i and i my sense is that if if not to talk about COVID on the christmas episode but to be Um, optimistic about it and maybe this comment won't age well, but it seems like from other countries, this spike is uh, it, it's it's quick and you know quick and dirty, or quick and not even that dirty. It over as quickly as it starts. So you know, well, ho ho ho! Thank yeah. you, Merry Christmas! Ho ho ho! Yeah. So <clears throat> you know, by by President's Day, we could be dancing on the beach again. You know. Yeah. And you know what? Uh, Focusing on the positive, right? That's what I'm trying to do. And I got to tell you, Mary, guess who brought over a a trove of Christmas treats? Oh, God. Oh, my God. Please welcome to the stage, Deanie Rubin. Oh, my God. Deanie came over with, I mean, I didn't see her, obviously, because it's, you know, COVID times. Yeah, yeah. But I was the one, I was the one that brought the basket in from outside and Mary she made homemade peanut butter cups what because first of all didn't last year wasn't it clear that there was some store-bought shit in the basket I, feel I was like, not here last year so I, I don't know yeah I don't know I, I don't know why that resonates for me that there was a a disappointing year of Deanie Rubin's Christmas basket um, <laughs> but in any event she obviously made up for it this year Oh, Mary. So there were probably about eight of those peanut butter cups. 
and I didn't let my father or mother eat any of them. No. Uh, I, I took them and brought them downstairs to the basement and <laughs> like a little yeah. gremlin. <laughs> yes, exactly. Just like I'll be taking. Yeah, like. Just, you know, that little, that little, uh, you know, Hobbit character just comes out and like, oh, I'm going to take these peanut butter cups. Yeah. (laughs) Did you bring back my precious? Yeah, yeah. My peanut butter precious. My peanut butter precious. (laughs) Yeah. I, I, I have this fantasy in my head that um, Deanie Rubin will be talking to my mom on the phone and be like, oh, Deb, did you like the peanut butter cups? I tried them. They're new this year. And my mom being like. Oh, 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 I didn't, I, we didn't see those because I already took them before mm. my mom knew. <laughs> Do you think that your mom would just lie and go, oh, Deanie, they were delicious. Of course she would. Yeah. Of course she oh. would. Yeah. Oh, just let me tell you, I could only have one because they were just too good. I had to give the rest well, to John. Yeah. And you know what? To be honest with you, I don't think my mom eats any of Deanie Rubin's uh, yeah. cookies or treats. They just it's languish. Oh, OK. Your dad. No, my yeah. dad. Yeah. My dad. And my and when Leah and my sister, uh, my niece is named Leah, when they would come over, I'm sure that they ate it. But, you know, COVID times, they're not coming over. Yeah. So. Well, let me tell you, folks, I know that most people have not experienced Deanie Rubin's Christmas basket. But as uh-huh. someone who once did get to pillage Jeannie Rubin's Christmas basket. Let me tell you, I had a blondie that I'm still thinking about. <laughs> you know, say what you want about the suburbs and, you know, obviously how white it is on the ground. Um, but there are some perks and that is there are Deanie Rubens in the neighborhood. Yeah. That just come by and have so much time and energy and because their kids space. are in college yeah. and counter space, right? So like two like, ovens. Yeah. Yeah. Let's make another batch of peanut butter kisses blossoms, you know, like, oh, God, oh, those are I haven't had those in a while. You know, the, you know, the peanut butter cookie and you put the kiss in the middle. Uh, oh, sure. I know exactly what sure. you're talking about. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. When I was a kid, my my best friend, John, uh, his I guess his mom used to make them a lot or he liked them a lot. So I called them John cookies. And uh, that's actually the end of that that story. So I wish I had more to give you, but you know, you know, I will say about uh, just to kind of continue the 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 thought about the suburbs and Christmas time. It's a, it's a very specific aesthetic that we see played out in a nostalgic, fantastical way in the movies and Christmas movies. And most Christmas movies are, for whatever reason, middle class, upper middle class, right? Like that's mm. most of these holiday movies not to throw a little Christmas egg into the basket here, but um, it is, it is something to think about, right? Like there's always these gorgeous houses and like the lights on the house and it snows there. And you know, it's, it's rarely a Christmas in Vegas and that's the movie. Yeah. It's rarely a Christmas in Gary, Indiana. Yeah. Um, I feel like it's not a Christmas movie, but I feel like, it's a Thanksgiving movie, but the home for the holidays with Holly Hunter. That's oh. a great example of like Ugh. totally middle class and mundane. You know, yep. it's like this is not the family stone. It's no. Oh, they are rich. They're the rich. Yeah. But, you know, H- home alone. Home oh my alone. God. They are the thing loaded. Is like, home alone. They're loaded because the, the family stone, they have a lot of money, but they've got a lot of clutter. That kitchen has got a lot, like old so newspapers. Shady. They do. They got a lot of clutter. They got a You're lot of clutter. Judging. You are reading them for filth. Yeah, right now. <laughs> I, I think there's, I think there's a whole bench. There's a that people, messy house. It's so messy. Some people have a junk drawer. She has a junk bureau. I mean. <laughs> How many waffle my mother, makers? My mother had had growing up. My mother had a, a junk bureau for yeah, sure. Yeah, it's just yeah. 
And and there's nothing you can do but just rearrange it. It's just like because where else will this stuff go? But the junk. How many bureau. waffle makers? Yeah. How many waffle makers are languishing? You know what I mean? Ugh. Yeah, so. no, it's it's true. But though I'm trying to think, Mary's out there listening. Uh, let us know some holiday movies that don't have that aesthetic, that don't have the suburban home aesthetic. I know that there's like city movies, uh, you know, that are holiday themed. I'm not talking about those either. Yeah, because like, it, then it opens up the world of like all those. I mean, obviously, all those Hallmark movies are going to be set in ideal locations, but it just makes sure. me realize like, God, the genre of holiday movies, but. That being said, chances are most of them uh, are not set in like Section Eight housing. You know what I mean? Like, unless they're telling a very sad story about you know economic inequality. You know? Yeah, right. And I just yeah, even but even city movies like Rich People in the City, oh, I think yeah. is rare as well. I oh, think those yeah. are rare too. Though I mean, like, then I think, oh, but I love the fantasy of like the the glass and steel penthouse with the big Christmas tree in the window uh, and the, the cityscape uh, views and, you know, uh, a dimmer switch. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Canister lights. About. Yeah. But I don't know. I, I can't think of a movie that does that I don't, city thing. I don't know. You know? Yeah. I, uh, um, I, we've mm. talked about Curly Sue. I think it's just a winter movie. I don't know if it's necessarily a Christmas movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, that one, you know, speaking of Christmas movies, you know, because we, we did really curate this week, but I would say Curly Sue, as we get into the cold months, I would love to do on this podcast maybe as a Mary's choice and if somebody mm. wants to make the request on Only Mary's. But one that I've been dying to do that is so – it's so terrible, and I can't wait until we finally do Christmas with the Cranks. I – We've talked about that movie. I hate it. That movie it. is wor- I know you hate it. It's worth discussing. Ugh. It's so worth discussing. I hate uh, because their car. Jamie Lee Curtis is in that movie. I know. She's got that terrible coat, and she's got that Ford Taurus, and that opening scene with the fake rain. I'm like, I'm not buying any of this. And for some reason, I always remember that the sick neighbor's name is Bev Sheely, and I don't know why. But you know, I I was having this conversation with my friend Simona recently, uh, as re- as recently as like a couple days ago. But the 90s holiday movies were a business like they made the Santa Claus and it came out in the theater Christmas with the cranks came out in the theater those holiday movies don't happen anymore they're on Netflix they're on Hulu they're on Hallmark holiday movies are no longer kind of put in the theater with a huge budget with a great soundtrack you know what I mean I remember seeing Jingle all the way in the theater absolutely yeah totally Um, yeah, Christmas of the Cranks was, uh, I remember it being, I think it was a real bomb. It came out in 2004, so it was kind of like, I could see that like at that point, people, we were a post 9-11 America. We were like, no, I'm not yeah. going to the theaters to see Christmas with the fucking Cranks. I'll wait till I, it's in the discount bin, you know? I, I, I think the last Christmas movie I saw in the theater was, believe it or not, The Family Stone. Oh, yeah. I mean, that makes sense. Yeah, I guess that would be the question is like, what is the last christmas movie that people saw in the theaters and that of course opens up the conversation of like 
all the things that people consider a Christmas movie, like Harry Potter and Die Hard. And, right, um, right. I don't know mm-hmm. what other ones that I think of are Christmas movies that aren't Star Christmas. Wars. Star, yeah, I guess that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, that I feel like that then dovetails with like, well, what are your family traditions? What's the movie you watch on Christmas? You know, like, what's that cozy on the oh, couch movie that you did watch? I, I've told this, I'm sure, on the podcast before, but my dad, oh God, it's just like, I find it so cringy, but he will make us, and I mean make us, for years we did this, uh, we would watch the Peanuts Christmas special. Uh-huh, uh-huh. You know, you know, with the little dinky Christmas tree and all of that. Of course, and the dancing and the ice skating. Yes. Oh, my grandparents had it on VHS. We used to watch it often, yeah. Yes, um, and it was. I think we had it on DVD after the VHS, you know, we stopped what, having tapes, mm. but... He would, the the movie would start to end and my dad would lose it. Every year, (laughs) he would lose it. He would be bawling, sobbing, wailing, Uh, and be like, good night, good night, Merry Christmas. He's such a weeping willow. Uh, (laughs) And then he'd go upstairs. (laughs) And then my sisters and I would go smoke pot out. Right, right. (laughs) Well, I'm sure he'd take a pass at Deanie Rubin's Christmas basket before he went upstairs. No, 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 no. He'd get a bottle of water and then he'd go upstairs. Wow, that's that's restraint because I would go for those blondies if I was feeling a little, a little uh, teary eyed at that point. Uh, yeah, no, that that was a tradition every year. The Peanuts Christmas special. Did you guys do anything? We would. I mean, I feel like when I was a kid, you know, at some point, you know. And for me, I always felt like I wanted to be as close, like within the like the week of Christmas. I I loved like we would catch a Christmas story on like the w- WPIX eleven. You know what I mean? And so oh. I, like I remember watching that with my mom. You know, it was like the eight o'clock movie on like you know December eighteenth. You know what I mean? Um, and so we would. So a Christmas story was definitely like how original oh, that was a yearly tradition. But we were not. By the time it became 24 hours of a Christmas story on TBS, I had kind of moved on. It was almost too much. You know, like it was more special when you caught it on Channel 11. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, Yeah, I get it. When you catch it. When you catch it versus it being like, you know, just being force fed. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, uh, it's it's different. And so that was like our, our watching tradition. And then like for a while when I was a kid, you know, after we opened presents in the morning, my mom would make a Christmas breakfast and my grandparents would come over and, you know, do a few more presents. And it was good. And then we'd, I think we would go to, like, my aunt's uh, in the afternoon, you know, evening for dinner. So it was, um, you know, back in the day, it was kind of a, a very – it was fun. I have good Christmas memories. And I feel like nowadays it's so – I don't know. It's so unpredictable, you know? It's a hodgepodge. It's a hodgepodge, yeah. 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 yeah, it's very true. I – uh, the movies that I will watch, like by myself, that I I started doing this years ago, um, and by years ago I mean like five years ago. But I'll watch uh, like when I'm alone on Christmas Eve, um, I will watch two movies. I will watch It's a Wonderful Life because I'm, you know, in love with Jimmy. Oh, Stewart. you love Jimmy Stewart, yeah. Oh God, it's he just like I get so hot. Mm. Um, <laughs> Jimmy Stewart's butthole. I have no idea what it looks uh, like. I don't even know if he I, has one, you know? You and I will, know. I will, I, <laughs> I will sob. Um, and I'll also watch The Wizard of Oz. Oh, that's an interesting idea of like a Christmas movie in quotes. Yeah, yeah. Because it has, that movie 
feels like a Christmas tree. You know what I mean? Like if there has some of that same magic to it. So there's magic. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it's about it's about going home. It's about, you know, I don't know. It's got the same there's emotional something. weight that you want from a holiday movie. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. The music, you know, I don't yeah, know, it's there. I remember there. in like freshman year of college, you know, just that like that weird in between stage of like, well, I'm gay, but I'm. I'm still figuring out how to be gay, you know, like, so I had to like, I'm not like brave enough to go on dates. That's where I was by, you know, freshman year of college. But I remember, you know, with one of the student activities board, you know, there was a, in the, in the, I don't know, campus lounge or whatever, they were doing a showing of love actually. And I was like, oh, and there was just that feeling of like, you know, that feeling that like, oh, I want to just be swept off my feet at the airport, you know? And, oh. and just that thing, that feeling that sometimes even even when we talk about our second movie this week, it was interesting. I was like, this is that feeling that so many, I mean, straight people have watching most Hallmark movies. It's yep. like, oh, this is that awful double-edged sword of like, oh, how beautiful and romantic. I wish I had that. And I don't, you know? And I don't. And I don't. <laughs> So I need to lose weight. Yeah, yeah, right, right. Now let me think of all the reasons I don't have this. Yeah. Yeah. And no. so uh, I was like, yeah, that's interesting. You know, that it it lends a, a reason to have an alternative Christmas movie, you know? Oh, for sure. Yeah, you don't want to be fed that. I yeah. Love Actually is one of those movies that I think we could pair with Christmas with the Cranks because I never I never got into that movie. And I know people like cherish the fuck out of that movie. So I'd love to just kind of revisit it, revisit it, and kind of see where it hits now and what it means now. Yeah, same. I feel like there's probably elements of it that have not aged well. I feel like Emma Thompson crying on the bed will never go bad. You know, like that I think still works, you know, listening to Joni Mitchell. But mm. we'll see. We shall see. All right, Mayor. Well, let's let's open up some of these presents. Oh, what do you say? Just loads of prezies. Oh my goodness, as they say. Um. Yeah. Let's let's get this wrapping a wrapping. Yeah. Uh, we're gonna take a quick little break, and when we come back, you'll get our clip of the week for oh, the first oh, present. Yeah, baby. The very night I die, you abandoned Terry and started planning your own solo act. No, that's not true. And I had to watch all of it. My hell is watching you screw up your life. Remember that showcase of tramps that Bob put together? Yeah, that night was make or break. We did a good show, we get signed. We choked, we'd be history, remember? Yeah, we, we kicked butt. Well, tonight is like that. You're gonna be visited by three spirits. At one o'clock, two, Ooh, and... tonight's no good. Well, tough. I have to get some sleep. I have AM America at seven. Yes, I've got a... spirits. <laughs> they don't care about no talk show. Oh, Marley, no one cares about talk shows. Well, look at my calendar. Colin, you need to stop taking those pills. You need to stop taking those pills. I mean, it's either these <laughs> pills or I pay $7 for goobers. <laughs> You know, I got to say, so this is obviously, or not obviously, from 2000's A Diva's Christmas Carol. 
Starring the Vanessa Williams, Gifts for Santa. Uh, this is a holiday tradition for me. I know we talk about this movie. I quote this movie. I own this movie on DVD, uh, which is like the best place to watch it without ads or anything like that. Because um, for whatever reason, you can't buy it on streaming services. It, it's yeah, bizarre. You can buy it uh, on Amazon for thirteen eighty nine, or you can watch it on YouTube with what appears to be Italian or some kind of Latin-based uh, subtitles, but yeah, it's uh, it is it is not as available as it should be, and it is a holiday tradition here at All Right Mary. We have, in fact, I don't think it was last year. Maybe it no, was. we did bridesmaids last. Bridesmaids year. was last year, but I think the year before we yep. did do an, a full Divas Christmas Carol episode. I did not re-listen to it, so I have no idea if any of my takes will be fresh from that episode, but. There are some things that I will always love. So like oh, $7 for, sure. for goobers, you know? $7 for goobers. You know, there's a line that I love now that I didn't think I, I don't think I noticed before. There's a bunch of those actually. But the one that I want to talk about first is right before this scene in the clip of the week, she, you know, she orders room service and she's very picky about what she gets and, you know, not one grain of sand or I'm sending it back and al dente and all of that. Um, so then it comes and she's very dissatisfied. And so she calls up room service again. And she, the, I just, this line delivery is so brilliant. So dinner just got here. <laughs> oh, right, right, right. It's that kind the of narration. conversational. <laughs> so dinner just got here. Yeah. Like she's continuing the conversation they were having. It's, you know, <laughs> I gotta say now, obviously you can imagine by the title that this is a variation on a Christmas carol but Vanessa Williams is playing a, a diva singer and mm. who is uh, just Ebony Scrooge, Ebony Scrooge, yes. if you will. Mm. And uh, yes, she's she's, you know, the, following the classic paces of a Christmas carol, which, to be honest, other than I think this and Scrooged, I think those are the only Christmas carols I've ever watched. Really? So yeah. the other one that I highly recommend is uh, a Muppets Christmas Carol. That's the only other one I would watch because I like I know there's one with Kelsey Grammer and I'm like, mm, I don't oh, like that or like when there's people do, you know, theatrical like stage productions around the holidays of it. Oh, th- sure. I would never. I, I don't know. And it's no offense, but I would never. I just don't. It just doesn't interest me in the least. Oh, yeah. I don't want to see a Christmas Carol played straight. I like I love the Dickens idea that's updated like i love when it's you know updated or put into a different context which is why i think muppet's christmas carol is so clever and one of the funniest things about muppet's christmas carol is that michael Caine takes it so seriously oh that's that what a great choice i'm assuming he plays the scrooge character yes yeah. he plays ebenezer yeah. scrooge yeah um well you know maybe next year maybe you know we'll add it to the list of christmas movies Sure. Um, well, A Diva's Christmas Carol is, to me, the best one. And it is because of Vanessa Williams' performance. She's really... Everybody else is kind of bad in this movie. Uh, and she is impeccable because I think she gets it. And it was also one of the first holiday movies where the main character was like an absolute asshole. More than Ebenezer Scrooge, even. I mean, yeah, she's she's pretty awful. And I... I I really I love this. I, you know what I love about this movie is that like it it really like yeah, there's some bad acting. 
you know I love a Canadian production, and sure oh, yes. enough, she is, and it shows sometimes, and that's fine. I will say that, like, once you once she wakes up after her, you know, rough night's sleep, as she says, mm, mm-hmm. the movie falls apart like Wonder Bread in hot water. It's, it, like... What it tries to accomplish in 15 minutes is hysterical. It's like, okay, she has about six hours to, like, this is not, like, and I don't know why he's waiting at the airport. Like, she's giving him no indication. It's mm. it's crazy what she's asking people to do on Christmas. It's actually kind of That's interesting true. that, like, well, you're still putting people out on Christmas, Ebony, but <laughs> it's for a good cause, you know. But anyway, like, it there are so many ends it wants to tie up, but that being said, it doesn't matter. It doesn't it really matter doesn't. It, yeah, because it doesn't. what this movie is about is heartquake. It's about heartquake. Oh, it's a totally about heartquake. It's about breaking up with a guy from Paramus who is into S and M. Yeah, I love oh, God. <laughs> I still like spit in my palm and go about that one. Like, ugh, a guy in Paramus who's into chains. It's like, uh huh. So like. We know. What does his house look like? Yeah. I've been there. I've yeah. been there. I know what the dresser looks like. There's a little prayer card tucked in the corner in the mirror. Oh, I know. Oh, um, uh, and, you know, Chili, say what you want about Chili, but it's one of the best see, uh, scenes in this movie between them. And in this clip of the week, I didn't notice. I've watched this movie for years since it was on television in 2000. This, I have never heard. You know, oh, ghosts don't care about the talk shows. Oh, Marley, no one cares about talk shows. Like that, how did I miss that line? <laughs> well, you know what's funny? That is that beat. I feel like is the kind of beat that like the bitch who stole Christmas was trying to kind of you know that that uh-huh. kind of comedic note. That's yes. like like RuPaul loves that kind of note, and it's it's interesting having done the bitch who stole Christmas and then doing this of like. This is it. This is working better. This is like yeah. this is like accomplishing that tone that I think the bitch who stole Christmas was really scrambling for. Uh huh. Definitely. Um, one of my favorite things about this movie, it really, I think, just a, a moment in cultural history is the opening credits, and when you know, it listing out the names, and second listing is Chili. It just says chili on the screen, and I just, I think I'm gonna get that framed because it's so funny to me. <laughs> It's just a chili. Sell it as a Christmas tote bag. Yeah, right. It's not Rosanda Chili Thomas. It's just chili in this Christmas font. It's so dumb. Uh, uh, you know, that opening sequence is uh, iconic in so many ways because, you know, she's lip syncing. But when you first see this movie, like, you're not really aware of what's going to happen. And you have that song, The Heart of Christmas. Oh, gosh. If if my voice Earworm. had not escaped me, I'd be crooning it now. Probably I, not. I will, I will spare your ears, Mary's, but, you know. It's the heart of Christmas. She, she did not have to eat this song the way that she did. And she did. Well, lest we forget, Mary, this is a movie that rocks. This was one of VH1's movies that rock. Uh, and I think that's important to remember because, you know, it does it right. Like, in again, to go back to The Bitch You Stole Christmas, it was like, well, this is a movie full of drag queens. So how are you going to work in a bunch of drag performances? And let's oh, do this right, little pageant. Right. 
But uh-huh. you got to give it to uh, the uh, Diva's Christmas Carol that it's not actually a musical, but has managed to give you some musical numbers. It manages to be, say it with me now, a movie that movie rocks. That rocks. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> say it with me. A movie, movie that rocks. rocks. Yeah. And and most <laughs> importantly, what I, and what I think I've probably always appreciated, but now I just I snapped my thumbnails off was using a VH1 behind the music for the Ghost of Christmas Future. Oh, 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 Mary, it is brilliant. It yeah. is such a brilliant device. Like I, that, I love it. Oh god. It, I, I I've been screaming from the rooftop since 2000. Like that choice, the way that they yeah. updated the movie and used that as personal branding yes a vh1 movie oh. yeah and like nile rogers and brian mcknight were like yeah sure i'll do it what brian do i care oh yeah my god. just give me a script no big deal i loved it oh my god i was just like because i i didn't remember what the christmas future was going to be and i was like oh, oh that's it that's all you got to do brilliant and she's it, watching it in her dark room yeah oh uh, I just like uh, it is so fucking smart. Light. Yeah, so smart. I was like yeah. VH1. You bitch. You bitch. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Uh, <laughs> you bitch. You bitch. Yeah, I'm gonna key your car. I'm gonna <laughs> key your car, VH1. I hate this. It's Behind so the music is a relic. Uh, that is something oh. that the kids I don't think know about these days. You know. Yeah. Do you remember the the Simpsons Behind the Music episode? No. Oh, it's so funny. It's so good. That would be a great. Uh, Patreon episode. Oh, it's oh so my god! Funny. Write these down. Yeah. Maybe. Oh yeah. my god. So Ugh. we could pair that with the Balenciaga runway show uh, with the Simpsons. Oh, is there? Which you did not see. No, I sent it to you. I sent it to you. So, uh, oh, it's anyway. like an actual Balenciaga runway show that uses the Simpsons as inspiration. No, they they made a cartoon that they showed at the show. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, we will. Uh, if you want to hear us talk about that, you should become a Patreon <laughs> because that's happening. Um, Brilliant. All of them walk the runway. Patty and Selma. Okay, anyway. Oh, my goodness. Um, back to Adiva's Christmas Carol. Yes, behind the music, a brilliant device. And yeah, I mean, the heart of Christmas was a bop. I love that she chokes on the snow and, you know, gets real mad about it. You weren't, you're just not expecting that, especially from Vanessa Williams, who I believe this was before Wilhelmina on Ugly Betty. And I, it, I'll check because I don't remember. Okay, it's a yeah, good please question, do check. Because that was so because like iconic of na- that's how people knew her in a way of like, you know, oh, yeah, she's Wilhelmina. This is, this is I think this created that mold. This was because Ugly Betty started in 2006. So Mary, this Vanessa Williams came. It's almost like she came back, started her comeback with this. Yeah, I'm like, so let's see. Okay, well, you know, I, well, she looked gorgeous in that dance movie. Oh my god, I can't get over that. Well, lest lest we forget, with me? lest yeah. we forget, first of all, 1996. I just loved you in Eraser. To quote Chichi oh. Devane. <laughs> She was an eraser. She was an yeah. eraser. Uh, she was in Bye Bye Birdie in a TV movie in 1995. I don't know if that matters, but um, she played Rose. That's right. Yeah, she played Rose. Rose. I remember she was also in. She did Broadway. She was in the remake of Kiss of the Spider Woman. I know because they had to uh, raise the keys because her voice was higher. Oh. Um, and she did Into the Woods. I know. Did she, she do was Aida? In stuff. I don't know. Oh, I don't know why I thought that she did Aida, but I don't know. It's probably somebody else. 
it's probably Ed Asner. Um, so let's see. Okay, so she was in Soul Food, which is a which is a big hit. By oh right. Uh, and then, okay, so this was not this was not her. But you know what's interesting okay. is like you know yeah. So she was in that, and then the Dance with Me was 1998, which I never okay. saw. Is that? Oh Mary, she. You just watch it because she looks impeccable and she dances perfectly. Oh, with Cheyenne, I remember when this movie came yes. out. Oh my God, is that? Jane Krakowski, yes it is. Oh, Joan Plowright before she went blind. Okay. <laughs> Chris Christopherson, I highly recommend Dance With Me. She is the movie. She is impeccable in it. Okay, well that might be, that'd be a fun one. Ugh. You Ugh. know, we're, we're kind of, you know, we're doing an episode, but we're also like curating our Matreons. So like, it's kind of a production meeting at the same time if you guys just roll well, with it. But. And we're queening out about Vanessa Williams and her filmography, which I hope people welcome because Vanessa Williams, again, like as we're praising this movie, she, her impact, I don't think gets praised enough. Well, for example, in 1999, she appears in The Adventures of Elmo in Grouchland as Queen of Trash. And so I don't even know what that is, but the fact that I know that Vanessa's like game, like, yeah, I'll play. That sounds great. I love that. What do you want me to do? Like, uh, want me to wear trash? Sure. Like, I <laughs> love that. So that was, I mean, that really, to me, that probably created the mold for Diva's Christmas Carol. Uh, she was in the remake of Shaft in 2000, but I don't know how well that did. But after that, let's see, what was the next big thing? I don't know. She was in uh, Ugly Betty, Mary. Ugly I guess Betty so. was like, yeah, like I think so. Gigantic. Yeah. Um, it, she went to TV. Like like very smart in yeah. in the early aughts. She Ugly Betty cuz then she did Desperate Housewives as well. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. God. And then some yeah. show called 666 Park Avenue. I love those like failed Fox night soaps. <laughs> oh, yeah, of course. Um well anyway, back to uh Diva's Christmas Carol. Um, we need to talk about Heartquake, but we can't talk about Heartquake without talking about the scene on the bus with the really bad acting and the really Please bad dialogue. Please do the line. Do the line <laughs> for me. Show us, Mama. On the first day of Christmas, the diva gave to me absolutely, positively nothing. Ugh. <laughs> Legs crossed up on the table. She is the worst. <laughs> She's the worst <laughs> and like but then i wonder because i love it and it, I love it leads it to the question of like but isn't that who you would play Ugh, you bitch i, I would know play, I, I would play kathy griffin <laughs> no i would play kathy no i would probably play the grandmother when they do the flashback no i would oh, want to play amanda no, bugles have- because i have such a crush on her Oh, we all. Oh, I love that Amanda Bugle is in this movie. Brugel, we know. I know, but we know it's Brugel. We know it's Brugel. But that's something Um, that I wouldn't have realized pre Canada's Drag Race. And she is. I do have crush on her. I think she is so pretty and so charming. And she's and she's great in Handmaid's Tale if you can handle it. But uh, yeah, does she get to like? Does she get to like go to a twenty-seven? Um. Uh, in 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 the best, not like Elizabeth Moss. Yeah, she has a different type of twenty seven on that show, and it's painful. All right. Well, I uh, yeah, I'm a fan of hers, so it was it was nice to see her pop up in this, or to remember that she was in this. Um, but that scene on the bus, you know, and then they all start singing along. Uh, and heartquake. Uh, we I the impact of heartquake. I when I find somebody else that 
knows the song and then sings along to it with me. I it's one of those things where it's like I found a person. Yeah. And you know what I mean? This is my like this is my Ronnie Cartwright at the end of Invasion of the Body Snatchers moment. Are you going to point and scream at me or are you going to sing Heartquake with me? Right, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And I the, the best part of Heartquake, the best part besides the video which has its own nuances of the 80s and I it's so perfect. It's almost like the opening is it the opening of Sister Act, My Sisters in Trouble? It's almost like Desire could have been those women. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's and what's great is like we've seen Vanessa Williams as a pop star in the eighties. So it's like yeah. there's also that of like, yep, this is this is real because we know what it looks Checks. like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh the rhythm of this is critical, like that is mm-hmm. so important to me. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. I love it. And the way that their voices go together, it just like Harmonizer real well. I uh, I didn't want to sound like I knew what I was talking about any more than I knew what I was talking about, but I do. I, it's a great song and an example of like, you know, a movie that rocks is that this the video is on the TV, but it's featured. We spend time, you know, uh-huh. watching it. Mm-hmm. We spend time at the concert later. We yes, you know, like there are musical numbers. Yes, yeah, no, Heartquake is. If you're going to watch this movie, watch it for Heartquake. That It's a term. It's stupid, but it works, and it's 80s. Ugh, I, I, I can't say enough good things about it. It definitely feels like if we don't make these references, we lose these references with Heartquake. Because it's like, to me, when I think of, you know, gays these days, I think Heartquake is such a layup. It's like, if you don't like this, then, like... I don't know what you like. You know what I mean? So Yeah. If you don't like this, then I'm like, so dinner just got here. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, so dinner just got here. Yeah. Uh, speaking of dinner, we have to at least talk about Bob Cratchit. And maybe we've talked about this in the past, mm, but like we have. Oh, that man. man, the ham hocks, the Christmas hams that he's packing <sighs> in those tad jeans. I... I think, as I was watching this, uh, knowing that Ebony and Bob have a history... Oh, they used to date. They yeah. used to date, and she used to peg the hell out of him, and he <laughs> loved it. And part of the problem with Kelly now is not just that their son, Tim, daddy is, uh, I was going to say gay, is sick, but he's probably gay. <laughs> he's, uh, it's yeah, that Kim, uh, Kelly doesn't want to peg Bob. Like, uh, Their marriage is not working. It's not Nothing working. Nothing is working over no. there. And, you know, they they want to blame the child, which I think is ridiculous. Yeah. It's it's clear that Bob is still in love with Ebony. Yeah. And, and he misses and that big strap packed. on in his ass. Yeah. Totally. Like, I totally. just want I want to see him Ugh. get wrecked in a hotel room. I don't Am I asking oh for the moon? Oh, oh, my God. He is Bob Cratchit. I I remember I think the last time we had an episode about Diva's Christmas Carol. But there's that one scene where he likes he's like, oh, it's going to be fine, Ebony. And he starts like massaging her shoulders. Uh huh. And she goes, Bob, you're not my daddy. You're not my daddy. Um, yeah. You're not my daddy. And I, <laughs> she it's, delivers that. Yeah. It, it almost lands. In my, it almost hits my teeth the wrong way. But. <laughs> I, it, it, I but love then it. I, but then it, but then it hits like my balls because in a right. good way because I'm like, well, Bob's Bob's gonna be my daddy. That's yeah, why. Bob is my dad, <laughs> daddy. Yeah, I, I just yeah, I, the idea of him like showing up to my like my room at uh, the Hilton with that duffel mm. bag, you know? Oh like, yeah, what's in oh, that yeah. bag, you know? Yeah. Oh my god. Uh, uh, I will say the Bob Cratchit storyline, I. <sighs> 
you know how I think an episode ago we talked about things that we were embarrassed by that we cry over. Uh huh. And you're like, I cry over the Real Housewives. I'm like, good for you. I cry. I cry at this movie when when she brings Tim and and the the, the new wife to Bob. I mean, God only knows the time space continuum that she breaks to make oh, all of that the happen. doctor. Yeah, yeah right. all of that. Like, unless she was like, I sent a private jet, meaning I made a pilot leave his family on Christmas to go pick up your wife and your sick kid in Cleveland um, and bring them all the way back to New York. It was Toledo, Mary. Toledo, yeah. I guess the airport was in Cleveland, but then you know, got to drive a little. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I, I just I kept thinking of like, man, the people that she's inconveniencing to make this happen, including mm. Kelly and Tim. It's Christmas morning, and she's like, hey, it's Ebony. I need you to pack a bag for you and your sick kid who apparently needs to be in a wheelchair to travel, and I need you to get a plane ticket. I'll, I guess you'll pay for it, but you got to find a plane ticket on Christmas morning to fly to New York. I don't want to hear about how you have Christmas breakfast. I don't want to hear about how you have a casserole in the fridge just ready to go in the oven. I don't care. I need to come to the airport, and I'm going to finagle some way for your husband to stay at the airport until you get there. I mean, like, I just, and I'm not going to tell him. I'm not going to, I'm just going to say, trust me, miss your flight, and then sit there in the airport, which is like my worst nightmare. I was so triggered from Fort Lauderdale. Oh, oh, right. You hated that. I, you know, the other thing that she does is she manages to, like, make it right with Terry, which also gets me in the feels. Well, you know, the thing is, I, I remember oh, feeling this way in the past and this time of like, as we're at the concert and we know that the, the Heart of Christmas is ending and the movie is ending, I'm like, is anyone going to give us an update on Terry? Last time we saw her, she was like, li- she was in a shelter with like thin hair. So what's going on with Terry Be- now? Because Ebony sued her for all this money. Yeah. Right, right. And so it was kind of like, I was wondering if in all of the rushed loose ends, Terry, uh, Ebony was going to say during the concert and Terry is going to be joining me going forward on tour. <laughs> and she's going to have a lot of money and she's going to move out of that clinic. None of you knew she lived in or, or, you know, wherever she lived, not a clinic. Cared she lived in. Yeah. Or, yeah, yeah it's whatever. a homeless shelter. Homeless yeah. shelter. Shelter. I meant shelter. But, um, but yeah, I, I was worried we weren't going to get any wrap up on Terry, but then it seemed like from the flash forward in the future, she, her hair looked better. So she's, she's looking better. I'll give her, so she's probably doing better. Well, very quickly. Yeah. Very quickly. Yeah. <laughs> So, and you know, there was a part of me, didn't she say in the shelter, she's like, oh no, my voice is too weak. Yes, so now right, Terry, right, I mean, right. like, listen, I can understand. I mean, gosh, you know, I felt represented here and, and she has to, oh my God, you know, I mean, finally someone's speaking up for the people who can't speak up, you know, I guess it's stupid. <laughs> and, uh, and then she had to like carry the, you know, heart of Christmas all by herself at, at one point in that song. <laughs> Oh, well, one other thing. Sorry. One more thing that I couldn't understand. You know, uh, what's her snakes? Ebony throws this huge Christmas dinner for everybody. Oh, and they're yeah. all Wolfgang sitting Puck, there. Yeah. Wolfgang mm-hmm. Puck goes to leave his family and cook for they're them. They're all sitting there with no masks on, no, mind you. No masks. <laughs> sorry, no sorry. masks. They're so close to, to each it. other. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is Ebony is really a super spreader. Um, but then they're like, she's like, oh, God, I'm stuffed. I could never eat anymore. All right. 
call time in 15 minutes. None of them oh. are ready. <laughs> I'm like, they're all going to barf. They're all going to, like, the one guy's going to throw up into his bugle, you know? <laughs> <laughs> oh god yeah no that uh I, I what what comes to mind is the scene when she's with kathy griffin and they she's watching them or is it kathy griffin uh maybe maybe uh and they're all in that hotel room on all the beds that's and stuff. the present when they're when she's with the, oh present the with the duran duran guy yeah. Yeah, yeah um she's uh yeah, they're eat- she's like eating Chinese food, or she wants to order Chinese. Yeah, food. Yeah, anyone want Chinese food? I think that's oh who God, you would not play. in here. No, I know, up. I know. <laughs> Just think about like all of that poorly digested General Chow's chi- Chow it's Chow's like microwaving chicken. tuna fish in the microwave, uh, microwaving it in the microwave. Yeah, uh, it's like microwaving fish in the teacher's lounge. Uh, you don't open up the Chinese food in a small dingy hotel room that you're sharing with eight people yeah because that's it everything is gonna <laughs> smell it. like scallion pancakes yeah um uh, by the way it did not occur to me until you just said that that john taylor was part of duran duran it felt like random casting and now that makes perfect sense no they this is a vh1 movies it, that it rocks. it rocks it rocks so of course they're gonna pick kathy griffin because, yeah, I mean, gosh, nobody rocks harder than Kathy. Jesus. Who, okay. She had that she br- had the worst dialogue, right? Like, she, she I, couldn't I don't know carry, if it was her or what. But. I think she had to carry some of the heavier scenes, like the flashback to her childhood oh, and whatnot. Right, and I right. think it was hard to kind of, like, see Kathy take that seriously. It raises the question, though, if we were to have a Ghost of Christmas past that rocks, who's a lady, who do you think they could have gotten? Think about 2000... Who's a lady that rocked? Oh, uh, I mean, it could have been Blondie. Debbie Harry, that's perfect. Debbie oh, my Harry. God, that's such a good idea. Yeah, I love it. Um, I mean, uh, hello, hello. Are we watching the same um, hello? show? Hello. They cast Kathy Griffin in this role that should have been Debbie Harry. It's a movie that rocks. Are you fucking stupid? Um, I think also, you know, um, no, it couldn't have been J-Lo because J-Lo was huge then. Um, she was yeah. like doing the wedding planner. Right, um, right. Yeah, who's available? Yeah. Oh, God. VH1. Oh, maybe. Who's like, available? I could mm. see them having Carney Wilson. <laughs> oh, being past? Okay. Yeah. Or present? No, it's past. Past. Yeah. I could see. Like, she would get the joke. You know what I mean? Oh, I see. Yeah, she would. Um, um, who else? I, I mean. Debbie, I, I, can't, I can't think of anybody besides Debbie Harry. No. It I mean, you know who could have done it and who would have done it in 2000 is RuPaul. Oh, my God. That would have been great. I mean, at that point, yeah, RuPaul in 2000. That's like when RuPaul was wearing denim jeans and drag. Uh-huh. Like mm-hmm. denim jeans, a bikini top, uh, blonde dreadlocks, and a cowboy hat. That's what. Sure. That's the era of RuPaul. It, it's not her best. But, um, I mean, if Michelle Visage was somebody, she would have loved this role, you know? Oh, yes. Michelle and now no. could do this role, you know? <laughs> Actually, she could Michelle play Ebony. Now. Well, yeah. maybe not Ebony, yeah. but, you know, Ivory Scrooge, you know. I, I wouldn't cast her. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. You don't like her as an actress. Yeah. I know. I know. Not always. I like yeah. when she plays herself for, you know. I and know. I guess it's true. If she was, let's say, Ivory Scrooge, she would do that voice. And I don't want her to do that voice. I just want her to be Michelle. Do you think Annie Lennox would have done it? I I would love that. That's great. Ugh, Annie Lennox. Yeah, like thinking of the 80s, if there's Duran Duran, obviously TLC's the 90s, but like, yeah, Annie Lennox or 
I don't know. I don't. I mean, that's I guess the question of the Marys. What what '80s lady would we want to see? Oh, I mean, maybe Cheryl Crow's available. You know? oh, well, she was. That was. She's very '90s. I know, but I'm just saying, like someone who was maybe available in 2000. I think Gloria Stefan could have gotten into it. Oh yeah, and been like I'll take a cameo. Yeah. yeah, and she'd say, you know, you got to be careful, Ebony, because the rhythm's gonna get you. Oh my god. Right. Yes. Right. <laughs> right. I hate it. It's great. Yeah. In a perfect world, uh, I would have loved to have seen Paula Abdul also. Absolutely. Ugh. And and I'm just gonna put throw one more out there. Two more out there. Grace Jones could have done it. We know that she loves doing Christmas specials. We do. And then the last one, and this is who I think really could have brought this role into the the canon: Dolly Parton. Oh wow! Yeah. Oh wow! 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 That really, yeah, yep. Lots of good choices. I don't think I've got any to add. I think those are. Um, I came to the table with Carney Wilson, you know. So, uh, yeah, I I agree. It is Kathy is an interesting choice. I feel like she was, you know, big on that suddenly Susan fame, you know. Mm, suddenly Susan. Suddenly. All right, Marys. I think. I think I'm ready to open up another present. What do you think? Yeah, and if Marys want even more Divas Christmas Carol, just go back a couple of years to our Divas Christmas Carol Christmas episode and, um, you know, uh, enjoy. Yeah, enjoy. And uh, Marys, you need to stop taking those pills. Yeah, I'm not paying for that. (laughs) $7. Anyway. All right, Marys, uh, we're going to take a quick little break, and we'll be right back with another clip of the week for our next present. Well, if ever there was a time to talk about therapy. And I do love to talk about therapy. I honestly don't know anyone who wouldn't benefit from it these days, myself included. I couldn't agree more, Mary, and it's super accessible now thanks to BetterHelp. That's H-E-L-P. BetterHelp connects you with a licensed professional therapist safely and privately. You can be matched with someone within 24 hours. And with phone or video sessions available, scheduling a session is as easy as ordering a lovely cheese pizza just for me. And much like Selena, I love pizza. I also love that you can send a message to your counselor basically at any time and actually get a response. And if you want to change counselors, no problem. It's both free and easy. BetterHelp is available worldwide, and their counselors are licensed and trained in everything from depression and anxiety to grief, relationships, sleep, self-esteem, and more. There are so many people using BetterHelp right now. They've recruited more counselors in all 50 states. It's more affordable than traditional in-person talk therapy, and there's even financial aid available if you need. Marys, if you're interested in trying BetterHelp, get 10% off your first month by going to betterhelp.com slash allrightmary. That's H-E-L-P. That's right. Join over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health. That's betterhelp.com slash allrightmary, and that's H-E-L-P. All right, Mary. Mary worried what the angel meant by the greeting. Seeing she was scared, the angel said, Don't be afraid, Mary. God is. Wait, wait, stop, 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 stop. I don't know what you're doing here, but I need to see you scared. 
And see, that way he can see your fear, and then his line works. And Sandy, I don't know what to do, so why don't you just show me? Try that. All right, now take note. Can you believe this insanity? Looks like Aunt Sandy needs some help. No one's listening! Listen! 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 I didn't want to mention punishment, but I'm telling you, I can be really scary. Can you write me a doctor's note? I'm not a doctor. So you just have to write the note, and you and I can go rescue Peter from his date. Well, how do you know he wants to be rescued? He doesn't realize it yet, but once you show up, he'll realize that you're the one he wanted to be with all along. What are you talking about? No, no, I can't. I'll lose it. Do you all want to see me lose it? What are you getting him for Christmas? Don't you have to be up there? Uh, I'm after this. The donkey. Our story begins with a young woman in her home. Mary. Unless you look deeper, there's nothing particularly remarkable about Mary. <laughs> That's my favorite part. Wait, wait, stop, 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 stop. I don't know what you're doing here. <laughs> I could not believe how much this entire movie hinged for me on, listen, listen. It was, it was as if she had come in from another movie and was like, oh, yeah, okay, what did you need? <laughs> and then just wandered out. It was it was so weird. It was as if she had wandered into like a classic Hallmark Christmas movie and just brought some Christopher Guest to it. And Oh my God. <laughs> I can't say that I didn't want more. Like I thought, oh gosh, this, but like the whole movie. You know what I mean? Yes. I, I could have I could have watched the the Christmas movie plot is Aunt Sandy having to put up this Christmas play. The whole thing is her. Yeah, yes. and everything else is a subplot that right. weaves in and out, and who cares? But it's really about Aunt Sandy, you know, around the holidays. Do you all want to see me lose it? Uh, with her tits that out. Line, uh. That line, oh my God. And I don't know, there's something about the line delivery, and also a reason why we needed to cover it on our podcast. Her line is delivery of the word Mary. Every uh. time. Oh, I it, feel it in my bones. Yeah, I feel heard. I feel seen. I feel read. Uh, this, of course, uh, this is probably obvious to everybody, but this is, you know, the Netflix gay Christmas movie of 2021, single all the way. You um, know, they didn't do one last year. Hulu did one last year that was equally problematic. Um, the, uh, what's her face? Kristen happiest Stewart? Happiest Season. Yeah. Yes. I liked Happiest Season. I know you did. I liked it too, but it was problematic because it was like, she's awful. Why are you going to be with her at the end? Yeah. I, I can't remember because I feel like I, I went to a couple different places on that. Um, or maybe I understood or whatever, but there is, there was that thing of like, uh, she's kind of the worst. She is kind of the worst. And, and yeah. you know, it's actually, it's really interesting that we're bringing up happiest season because there is 
in a way, a sort of love triangle where there is a part of me that's like, uh-huh. why are you not just with that person? What's wrong with that person? You know? Yeah. And in Happy Season, it's Aubrey Plaza's character where it's like, oh my God, look at the two of you. Like, ugh. Right. You know, let me see those those scissors clash. You know what I mean? But like. Wow. <laughs> what can I say? Uh, you know, the heart wants what the heart wants. And I can't lie and say that I did, didn't see why Peter and James shouldn't be doing you know bunny hills together into you know the in, in, for the rest of eternity i mean enjoying their après ski yes. oh my god i like i i can only imagine what kind of après ski luke mcfarlane is getting up to but i am ready i mean i'll let's ride the ski lift together you yeah know, we're gonna we're gonna climb this mountain and uh Hop on over those moguls, and yeah. uh, it's just going to be great, you know? It's going to be great, and I'm going to just... Uh, Want to shine his ski poles. Yeah, I'm going <laughs> to toboggan down his black diamond. <laughs> um, yeah. Because yeah. I can't ski, but I can sled like hell. So not- Ride his T-bar. Sorry. Yeah, no, oh, hey, hey, hey now. Um <laughs> Well, before we get into before we get into single all the way, we need to just spend a little bit more time, I think, with this clip. Listen, listen, um, because I what's what I think I like about this more than Happiest Season, Mary, is we do have her, and well, she even calls it out in the movie. She's like, I don't know, gay men just they are they're obsessed with me. I don't know what it is, but I like it. Well, I think that this is kind of like around pride season target has the pride section you know Mm. and so it's like oh my god there's you know pajamas and underpants and socks and baubles and everything's got rainbows on it and it's like oh wow suddenly target's gay and it's like no it's still target we've just put you know we just added some gay stuff in. we've added a gay section and so yeah, in a lot of ways you're buy and you're gonna buy it you know it's a it, it's a it's a gay movie Nike and you're gonna love the same it same thing yeah mm-hmm. um and so single all the way is kind of doing that where it's like i'm gonna take a very familiar christmas story and instead of doing like kind of a parody of it like an incredibly self-aware parody of it like uh, the bitch you stole christmas for example sure. um it's like, oh, well, let's just add a gay section. And so let's add queer icon, you know, um, and like sort of this thing that gay men love, this energy that gay men love of this like busty, ridiculous, drunk, middle-aged lady played by Jennifer Coolidge. You know, like we are being gay baited and I am fine yeah. with it. I'll take Same. it. But Same. I can't say that I don't like – they I had me it. at the Najimi. It's fine, you know? Well, but, and you know what's interesting? Because I'll also compare this to another holiday movie that came out last year that was gay. But this movie called it out and then delivered the stereotypes each time. They said, oh, well, you don't want to do this. And then the movie does it. It's different because the the other gay movie that came out last year was the Christmas setup on Hallmark. Oh, with Fran Drescher. I did see with that. With Fran Drescher, the busty, you know, gay icon uh-huh, uh-huh. who was fabulous. It's just that movie, uh, I appreciated that movie so much because they just didn't, they didn't pretend. They just said, oh no, here's a gay fantasy, done. Yeah, and it was like, you know, there were none of the complications of this. It was just like, Nope, you know, big city guy comes home to small town, meets hot Christmas tree, you know, uh-huh. salesman, 
Uh-huh. You know, and and hopefully they get together at the end. And oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was I and I I I really enjoyed it, and I got that feeling, that stupid feeling. I got that stupid fucking yeah. feeling. I'm yeah, like, sweep oh, me my feet. I was swept off my feet, and then I fell mm. and hit my head. You know what I mean? Or I hit yeah. my coccyx. You know, more importantly, because I'm gay. Oh, I yeah. love that. Yeah, coccyx. my coccyx. So mm-hmm. in this one, I mean, it's on Netflix. If for anyone who hasn't seen it, but yes, it is very much that model. Of, you know, big city guy comes home to small town, you know, is set up with hot guy. The added twist being, A, he brings home his gay best friend, <clears throat> who I guess was supposed to be the fake boyfriend, but they dropped that pretty quickly. Oh, um, yeah, that left immediately. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was going to be the running thing the whole movie, but it ended before it started. Um, and so there's that gay element. But then, yes, when Jennifer Coolidge shows up, it's like, oh, okay. It's like between that and quoting Clue, I see what you're trying to do. You're trying to yeah. bait me with a gay section. And I'm buying it. And I'm buying it. I'm going to buy it. Don't worry. I'll buy the mug, you know. Um, there was so much, Mary. I mean, the the plant gay. It was, I think, the first, second scene we, that it turns out that he's a plant yeah, gay. Yeah, he's a plant gay. Yeah. Named, named two of his plants, Judith and Linda. I, like this is this is a gay movie. <laughs> well, and you know, and and of course it then leads to what I think is kind of interesting um, compared to say Happiest Season or the Christmas Setup is that these are not people who are twenty five. Peter's mm. forty, you know, and uh-huh. and that resonated for me of like, oh, did it? <laughs> I don't know why. I can't. I I don't know. It didn't. Maybe I was a little high, but I. Not in a way where I, I mean, you know, everyone feels a few things here and there, but like, it was this interesting thing of like, well, that is kind of real. There are a lot of 40, 41 year old, like, you know, perpetual bachelors and who probably do get some element of like their family being obsessed with them being single and wanting to be with someone. And like, I could get like, you know, your their mother being like, oh, my God, you're 41. I feel like you're going to be alone forever. And like in my paradigm, you are. That's terrible, you know. Um, and I guess in some ways, as much as I find like I don't always need Michael Yuri to play every gay man and everything. Um, I thought the character of Peter was like I hated how relatable it was, I guess is what I'm trying to say. I get that. I. I welcomed Aunt Sandy's line like, oh, from Grindr, because it just reminded me that this was a a suburban fantasy uh, and that if this movie were a little bit more realistic, which I'm not criticizing this movie. It is a fantasy. It's a holiday movie and it's a specific tone. I get that. And I would love to see a more realistic gaze home for the holiday movie where they're hooking up with local gays. Oh my God, that's what I want. That are 15 miles away, you know, that are 25 miles away, that live in, you know, an half-furnished house. I mean, you know what I mean, Mary? Like, I'm waiting for that gritty, real scruff or grinder kind of hookup culture around the holidays. Because, and it's, it's, it's the the tones are similar. There's common themes. Hooking up in cars, yeah. Like there's a lot. You know what I mean? Borrowing <laughs> your mother's car so you can drive to somebody's house. Yeah, yeah and fuck them. Yeah, yeah, and for fuck them. Sure. And then you're like driving home, and you're like, I'm in the same driver's seat that my mother sits in, except there was a dick in this ass. 
just yes. before, you know, like there's that. And, I, and yeah, you're, you're sneaking around kind of in, yep. you know, there's just this this tone that I think a holiday movie, a gay holiday movie could capture. Now, I, I'm not again, I don't I'm, I'm not criticizing single all the way for not capturing that tone. I just think that there is a market here. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I mean, I would run to that movie. I love the idea. I mean, we've talked about that, especially now that you're in New Jersey, I'm like, turn on Scruff and show me pictures. Uh-huh. Like, cause yeah, I'm just like, right. I'm so excited right. by like, yes, by the, by who lives here. Who's out yeah. there. And, and, and they're always so, Oh God, the other day you were at the mall and, they, and you showed me the grid. And I was like, I would meet any of them in the bathroom. You know, oh, I would fuck sure. any drummer. Like I, <laughs> I love that line. <laughs> that line yeah. that's pamela anderson yeah. yeah i would fuck any guy who lives in new jersey yeah uh, uh, well anyway i i uh going on with this movie because we were talking about some of the, the the queer baiting uh or gay baiting like mm-hmm. things to make us like it obviously the insta-gay storylines are in this they had that party at the start uh, when we meet his like cheating cardiologist boyfriend, oh, and we kind of meet, right. I forgot you know, about all that. of that. Yeah, yeah. I forgot that there um, was. The, yes, right. He's in a relationship at the beginning. It's like they're like three months in or something, which yeah, I think is so <laughs> correct. Of like, eh, it's pretty much about how long it lasts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also, like, I want you to meet my family. It's like, yeah, we're three months in, right? Like, oh, um, but of course, you met in September, right? Like that also checked out for me. Yep. Um, Summer's I, over. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, the gayness not being an issue with the family, I love. And they they take it to the next level where they're poking fun at stereotypes in movies, but then also delivering them, right? Well, yeah. Um, I mean, I think, you know, it's like the idea that, like, Nick, his friend, is, is like, you know, a handyman of sorts and can do, like, you know, be an electrician and whatnot. It's like... It's like, okay, well, that's new, but then you have to have the conversation between Nick and Peter's father in the basement of like, well, where did a gay guy learn how to be so handy? And of course, it, it can't be anything other than like, oh my God, but that could have turned, right? Oh, turned oh, like, well, girl, I'll, show you handy. I'll show you handy. You need something <laughs> wrenched? Yeah. Um, I saw the mulligans. Yeah, yeah I know what happened. <laughs> oh, no, know? it's just called mulligan. Yeah, it's just hole in mulligan. one. Or mulligans, yeah. yeah. Hole and um, son. Anyway, like um, that could have, yeah, that could have turned into a, you know, maybe a Showtime gay movie. Well, you know? yeah, right. I mean, then it leads to like, what is the, yeah, what's the softcore gay porn of single all the way? <laughs> now I'm okay. Now I'm very interested in this movie. Now the thing about that is that Jennifer Coolidge's character doesn't change at all. But right. uh, yeah, <laughs> right. Um, I. Uh, we have not talked about Kathy and Jimmy uh, uh, enough, but she does. She's introduced as being this kind of like very open-minded and um, P-flag type of mom, where she's like, "Oh, I'm I'm reading a book called Loving Your LGBTTT Child," which I also like that little joke that she can't say what it is. Um, but she brings up this idea that like, "Oh no, I know gays can have gays can just be friends. Two gays don't mm-hmm. have to be in a romantic relationship." And yet the movie delivers that. Right. You know what I mean? Exactly. And yet the movie, it's like, well, you know, just because they're friends doesn't mean they have to be boyfriends. Except in this case, they have to be boyfriends. And I think that does lead me to maybe my biggest issue with the movie is an issue. Like, let's issue in capital letters. Like, I forgot I had an issue till I brought it up just now. Um, 
you know, Peter and Nick, Nick played by Philemon Chambers. I don't know him, but he's, uh, he's lovely. I mean, we, we get a, we, for the ladies and the gents and everybody else who wants to see it, we do get him in a towel at one point. So, um, God bless. But, uh, yes, they've been friends for nine years and I guess they've had moments where like, you know, they had feelings at different times for each other, but after nine years, it's like, you know, uh, poop or hop off the seat. You know what I mean? Like, get out, like, figure it out. You know what I mean? And so it's weird to me. Like, what I kept thinking was, here we are. We've had this friendship where, like, sure, maybe I'll, like, get out of the shower and be in, front, in my towel in front of you. But, like, I don't think they're, like, you know shaving their assholes with the door open. You know what I mean? And so they're roommates. They're roommates. They were roommates. Well, they were roommates. But I don't think... But, like, now, after nine years of just being platonic roommates and friends, now it's, like, flash forward to, like, the first night they have sex. And it's like, all right. Right. I'm going to eat your butthole now. Like, that's so weird. Okay, so this... This brought up a lot of things for me. I don't have an issue with it. Actually, I do have an issue, but it's it's more with the, the, the actors and not with the storyline. Um, but let's talk about the storyline first. Gay men like Peter, uh, it's apparent throughout the movie uh, that Peter has not had successful relationships. They just haven't lasted. And my thing is, is like, there's a reason for that and it's not because he should be with his best friend right peter has other issues and so i'm kind of like are we seeing a relationship start that's doomed (laughs) which you (laughs) know peter has issues to get over clearly that are not explored in this movie when he says well what what if this doesn't work out i was like Girl, those are valid concerns. (laughs) Like you are trying, like when people show you who you are, believe them, you know? And like, I, I, if I were Nick and I'd see nine years of Peter, you know, doing what Peter does, I'd be like, uh, well, I I can't see why it'd be any different with me, you know? Um, like I just, I feel like that I was very, I was not. I didn't love the whole idea of like, no, you shouldn't be with James, who is showing absolutely no reason to not be with him. He seems great. Who's this ski instructor slash um, fitness instructor in town who uh, Peter's mother sets him up with. But like, who wants to live there? Who wants to live there? Sorry. Yes. That's a whole other part of this movie that I'm just like. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Peter wants to because so he's he's works in social media in L.A. His family's in like Connecticut. It's all filmed in Canada, of course, um, which I love. You know, another movie filmed in Canada, and uh, and of course he's like, you know, I kind of want to move home and I want to be a part of you know his his sister and brother in law and their kids are there. Or I guess his sisters and brother in laws are there with the kids and his parents are there and um, you know the, he just wants that life and it's like. So what you're saying is like Nick now has to like move to this town where I guess he could do task rabbits there. Something tells me the opportunities are a little bit less in Christmas Tree Village, Connecticut than L.A. Um, mm. Also, he can be the only black person and, you know, live in Peter's family's world for the rest of their lives. I don't think uh, so, honey. Oh, God. To do all of their handiwork to be their handyman i'm like guys i know we're being progressive but we've we slipped on the ice there's a sheet of ice out there and you just slipped on it 
the the meme of calling this like the Christmas version of Get Out, uh, I think is oh my god, that's one so of the funniest funny. reads. That's one of the so funniest funny. reads. That's perfect <laughs> because he even like he he pays his rent at the end of the movie. Yeah, he's like, like so- <laughs> he's like I bought this and I paid the first six months rent or whatever. Like, oh my god, it's like I. You have wow. no, none of this is yours. And when he, like, he would repeatedly say, no, like, we're just friends. And then those little nieces were like, no, no, you're in love with him. So basically, these these little these little snots gaslight Nick snots. into believing that he needs to be with Peter. And then they just, like, box him in. And it's like, now, welcome to Dogville. You know what I mean? Yeah. Now yeah. you're our, now you are our handy boy, you know? <laughs> Yeah, uh, good choice of words there. Yeah, because that's how it's reading. Yeah, it's it's. I mean, it's it's pretty wild. Uh, how how I don't know how kind of like spineless they wrote Nick. You know what I that mean? That drove me nuts. I was like Nick. What I would have loved was like where like where is Nick saying like my life isn't here? Like I I would have liked to surprise where Peter and James end up together and Nick. Meet somebody on the plane. I don't know. Like, it just... By the way, I don't, Nick's dog doesn't like flying, and so there's that issue. I Maybe he just told it to the kids so that he could explain why the dog wasn't there, but I was worried about Nick's dog. I I just don't... I, it didn't really make a lot of sense. I get it. It's a holiday movie. It doesn't matter, and it's fine. But, like, yeah, why would Nick give up all of his friends... Yeah. In L.A. and I, his dog and all of it, it just didn't make any sense. But the the also, I just want to say just about the the plot line. I feel like in the real world that Nick and Peter might have already had sex. Oh sure, like at some point, you know, even like in the other two, something like that with the roommate, even though they're both gay, happens. We're like. They jerked off on the couch together at least once, you know? I don't know. Or maybe they met each other that way. I don't know. Right. I feel like that would have been more realistic. Right. But, um, and then maybe the sex isn't so weird in nine years later. Yeah. Yes. And I guess I, I, I just want to say I like this movie. I really did. Um, I, I didn't love it as much as some other holiday movies, but I liked it. I thought, you know, uh, Jennifer Coolidge was hilarious. Catherine Jimmy was sweet. It was a sweet movie. I got the feels. Uh, the, the guy... Uh, what's his name? James, who looks like Jake Pavelka from The Bachelor. Like he was very attractive. He was very sweet. The leads, Michael Yuri and what was what's Philemon Chambers? Philemon. So I just feel like they had zero chemistry, Mary. Right. And was, both yeah. of them, I I don't I uh, this is just the camera and maybe just who they were, but I also felt like they also had zero sexual appeal. Like it was. They were so neutered. There was nothing sexual about them. So when they were like supposed to like be gazing at each other and there was that scene when he was taking pictures of him, uh, right. of Nick mm-hmm. with the shaving cream, like there was supposed to like be a ping there or a little chub. Nothing. I felt nothing between these two. That's why it didn't work. I, I agree. I think, I mean... Michael Yuri, Philemon Chambers, I-, I could find the sexual energy. I'll oh, find he's, it. I'll, he's yeah. very sexy. I'll find a but way. They they neutered him in this. They movie. did, and uh. and Michael Yuri is kind of like a uh, what does what's his name? A Neil Patrick Harris kind of gay, uh-huh. or even a Cheyenne yes. Jackson, where it's like, well, yeah, you've neutered off the like the sexy part, you know, like that. There's an interesting idea. 
who are the gay celebrities or gay, for lack of a better word, gay public figures where they, they're, you know, they're not porn stars, but like we are very aware that they're sexual people. Uh, Lil Nas, uh-huh. Matt Bomer. Uh-huh. Matt Bomer, really? Oh, I, yeah. I don't think of him as like, I don't feel like he would like talk about sex, but maybe I just haven't heard him talk about it. Oh, okay. Um, I'm not saying you're wrong. Uh, I just say that's just that no. I understand. No, yeah. no worries. I'm not. I'm not like offended. <laughs> We're fighting about Matt Bomer, everyone. They're <laughs> fighting on Christmas. But Little Nas X is a perfect example, and he's 18, which makes sense. You know, he's not 18. He's 22 now. Well, he was 18 a few years ago. <laughs> I wasn't. You know. Um. I think. Uh. Let's see. Uh. Actors, actors, actors. You know, like Rupert Everett. I don't think of as like, oh yeah, I could, I could see him getting railed. He doesn't talk about it, you know. And not that you have to, but it's just the thing of like, to be a popular gay celebrity, do you have to kind of keep the sex in the back room, you know? Yeah, it's true. I think of the queer eye guys too. Uh huh. Um, right. And they're all kind of like, uh, except for maybe Anthony, that I think they purposefully sexualize. Yeah, um, and it's you know. Uh, yeah, it's there's just yeah, there's there's something about like I don't know, just someone being like I think you know, Angelina Jolie is like, oh, there's someone who you look at and you see a sex appeal and maybe that's sure, what I'm talking about. Sure. There's yeah, exactly. Like Jonathan Bennett, Chris Colfer, like they're not put in the sexual limelight. Right. Right. There's I feel like there's just a uh whereas I feel like straight actors like can be sexy. Who's who's a sexy gay actor? You know who's a sexy gay actor, or uh, well, I'm going to give two examples because they dated. So I think Zachary Quinto is uh, is sexual. When I look at him, I'm like, I imagine that you go to clubs or that you could go to clubs that like that they are sexualizing you. Whereas yeah. with somebody like Jonathan Groff, I think is still like gleified. Sure, I know what you mean. Yeah, like I could see Zachary Quinto has like a little bottle of poppers in his pocket, you know? Uh-huh. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's just a thought, you know, that these, um, and you know, not for nothing, Luke McFarland, you should see him as very sexual, but he's not the, Oh, James. Yeah. I mean, he also seemed like, uh, yeah, there, there was a, a, a sort of benign vanilla-ness about him. You know, like, I was wondering how this movie was going to kind of make him not the one and not make us sad about it. And it was interesting because mm. a lot of movies will then somehow demonize that character. They'll show him yes. suddenly being selfish or mean. It's like, wait a minute. I don't love you. I love Nick, you know. And I feel like in this case, it was James. It was very kind of... uh convenient he was like no we just we're not right for each other and i'm okay with that and i was like i don't know i mean they did just meet there is also that quality of like y'all just met everybody well they all just met but also in the gay world like when you're home for the holidays i don't know maybe this is just my own bias but like if he asks you up after the date you go up of course, that's what you're like. I'm only in town for five days. Let's yeah, do this man. thing. And I want to like, I want to have sex in a New Jersey apartment, you know, or wherever they are, you know. <laughs> New, yeah, New Hampshire. Yeah. I want to uh, have sex in a townhouse, you know. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I, I, I think we can kind of move on from that and talk a little bit more about 
uh, Aunt Sandy. You know, why not? Sure, sure. Uh, what do you got? Well, the fact that, you know, that that whole speech, which also could have been the clip, um, you know, it's uh, it's not because the gays know theater. It's because the gays just know how to do stuff. I mean, they're survivors. And for some reason, they're always obsessed with me. <laughs> I love that. And, and doesn't she say, which I love. Like, I feel like it's very. Yeah, oh, she says, I don't know why, but I like it. But I like yeah. it. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, of course, I love that. You know, it's like uh, it, it's a it's a smart way to write this character of instead of being the kind of fag hag you know it's like totally it's not well, I just, again they call it out they're like we know it's a stereotype and they happen to know how to do stuff but it's like it, i like that. it's not about i love gay men because they're so fabulous it's like they just know how to do things they're survivors uh-huh. they, they're people who have to figure shit out and like that is a you know that's very sweet i appreciate that i love that it's more than just like oh they're such great accessories in my life you know <laughs> right totally yeah and I, more with jennifer coolidge i mean God, when she takes over after being like, none of you have any lines. None of you. You're supposed to be off book. Um, And then she does, help, please, my wife. She's having a baby. (laughs) I can't even do it with a straight face. Well, it's like when I think of her doing the rehearsal and then the final show, I mean, it really does kind of feel like an homage to Corky St. Clair. Like it feels like a Waiting for Guffman production. And I, again, it's like, oh, more of this movie let's just and even this tone you know like i wish i think that's what i loved about this is like the way that aunt sandy exists like the sort of absurdist tone of her Uh uh-huh what if the whole movie did this like adam and steve you know what i mean yes yes like there's a great example of like keep the even the tone queer you know right michael yuri and his faggoty dancing with the nieces i loved like i felt seen oh that is such, you know I, I will say this i will say this i and i'm sorry if you use this term because i know you are one but i i can't get together with gunkle i'm sorry I will. I know oh, that gays love the bee gunkle and they love to tag themselves. Well, you're themselves. not a gunkle yet, Mary. I am an. <laughs> I am a dog gunkle. I. There are a couple of great days in Sacramento that I am it's very different. I'm Mary, gunkling to know to have your nieces and nephews, whatever, to have them know that you're gay, you're different than your straight uncles, is very important. It's it's like yes, I know, but it, I guess. When I see Gunkle, I see like somebody using their niece to get likes on Instagram and like clout oh, Cupid. You know what I mean? Of like, oh, you know, I see, I uh, see. Hashtag Gunkle. Like, I just there's yes. gonna be a lot of pictures next week of like. You think this has nothing to do with? Yes, you, you know, exactly. You, you come in here with your lumpy blue sweater, your lumpy Christmas um, sweater. Yeah. No, Mary. For me, it's very much like I know my sisters are not talking to their fucking kids about shit that matters right and so like i don't know for over thanksgiving i went out to to dinner with my niece and my sister and my niece is just like hey uncle johnny what's straight and i'm just like oh straight she's and then flat out looks me dead in the eyes and she goes my mom doesn't talk to me about this stuff and i'm like you you're my niece yes Uh. (laughs) call her out read her right in front of her (laughs) and how old is she she's 10 Oh my God! I mean, I guess, I guess you got to start talking about it, you know. Yes, Mary. Yeah. You need to talk, talk, start talking about it, and you know what? The parents need to start talking about it, and if they're not, that's what a gunkle is for. Yeah. <laughs> hey, what's straight? And you just go, ugh, your mother. 
You know, I mean, it's just yeah. like your mother is straight, like in so many ways, like straight doesn't mean heterosexual, by the way, just so, no. I mean, just so you know, when we it say straight, we don't mean, or we say, yeah, we don't mean all heterosexuals. This is a very no. specific straight. Yeah. It's very specific. Yeah. No, but there's anyway, a, there's a lot of, <laughs> there's a lot of heteros that I love. You're not in, you're not included in this. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. We're not, we're, we're generalizing. We don't mean to, but, yeah. um, I, the the absurdity and the gayness of this movie continues all throughout this new plot of the pageant, which I just love that it went here. Um, I love that they quoted Madonna's pre-show prayer from Truth or Dare. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, not that I knew that that was what was happening. They needed to tell me. And I love that they told me. Oh, I, 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 I like, wouldn't have known. Yeah, yeah. It did, I wouldn't have known. I thought it was just a theater person taking it very seriously. But... Yeah, and, and I think it's those, it's that, it's, you know, again, it's that the clue joke of quoting Mrs. White. Like, I I, I yes. get I get what you're trying to do here, movie, and I'm not mad at it. I guess I'm just with you that I want, thanks for this, thanks for Happiest Season, thanks for the Christmas setup, now give me, like, you know, uh, Kenya host. You know what I mean? Like, the Christmas uh-huh. host. The Christmas or host. The Christmas host, Christmas host, or... Ho ho host. Ho ho host. Ho ho hosting only. Yeah. Um, ho ho can't naughty, host. You know, like uh, naughty or nice or, you know, mm-hmm. s- sitting on Santa's lap or I don't know. I uh, Maybe we should brainstorm off the podcast. But yeah, yeah. Um, I, I am ready for a little bit of a more grittier holiday movie that has the warmth, right? Like it still can have like a really nice connection. These two gays home from college really connect in their mother's car or you know yeah. one of their and, mother's cars and there could be a whole funny set piece where they read on some old message board that there's like a parking lot in the park by the bathrooms that's cruisy at night and so they go there one night uh-huh. and maybe some whole calamity of things happens and you know they and set off teacher, the car alarm you know, by accident I, I, teacher, right exactly yeah. I, I could just imagine that you know or it's just like wait mr Mr. Bromhide, right? It's like, oh. Right. And then it's like, oh, no, Stephanie's dad came out two years ago, you know? And it's right. like, oh. Oh. Well, then I guess in that case, yeah. And he's like, yeah, no, I'm living in the condo complex over on Evergreen. Yes. Oh. Gary, that's so fucking real. That's so yeah. real. That's and then like, maybe, yes, yeah. Right. And like, maybe there's a scene where it's just like, they talk about it for a little bit. Maybe there's like a... I- How's it going with that? You know yeah, what I mean? Like instead of right. it being just funny, maybe it's like the out dad. Yeah. And maybe he becomes yeah. like a supporting character in the movie, you know? I just think that they can expose the underbelly of queer suburbia and make it beautiful. You know, they can yes. make it sweet. They can make it nice. Yeah, yeah. It's uh It doesn't have to be all shame. It doesn't have to be right. like ridiculous all or, shame no. or stupid. No. Like it can be funny. Like I think it can be funny without making fun of the people participating. It doesn't have to be look at all these desperate losers trying to get blowjobs. It can no, be like no. look at all the funny things that happen when you're just trying to get a blowjob in the park. Right. You know? Oh for, over the holidays. Over the yeah. holidays. You know, and it's like, oh yes, this maybe this is okay. If you are not a Matreon uh, maybe this is a reason to become one because we are going to do an episode where we cast <laughs> and and descri- and walk through the plot of the Christmas host, you know, ho ho host, etc. The gay Christmas movie. We have to cast the mother. We've got to cast uh. the old high school classmates. There's a lot of mm-hmm. casting we got to do. So, um, yeah, Patreon.com/slash/AllRightMary if you want to see where that goes.
I love this. Oh, this is this is tickling me. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, Marys, I think we can, you know, pause our discussion on single all the way there. I I can't stress enough how phenomenal Jennifer Coolidge was in this movie, and she just I I don't know she just brought such a light to it. Um, and I got the feels from this movie, you know, in the sense of like oh. Dating. Yeah, you know? <laughs> it was, you know, I, I know that I, I I dug into a little bit, but that's part of being gay, you know, is reading. Um, and so I, uh, I enjoyed this. I will say, you know, it's interesting, and this is probably a whole other tangent that like, you know, you didn't watch Shit's Creek, but like Peter and Nick, like people, like there's a lot of this like, I'm a David looking for my Patrick. I don't know if you've heard people talk. It's I know that. Yeah, you know what I mean? And uh, I feel like Peter and Nick are, th- there's a real, that is a, I could go on a whole tangent, that's a whole other episode, is the David and Patrick, Peter and Nick, um, you know, flighty one, grounded one, more effeminate, more masculine one, et cetera. Mm. Um, that's becoming a trope of a lot of Shit's Creek. This movie, I mean, like, I think it's really a thing that like, and and my takeaway is like, well, God help the day, the Peter the the Patricks out there, because I, like, I don't want a David. I don't want somebody who's going to be mean and need someone to like remind them to be compassionate. Um, that being said, yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to buy somebody a business and pay their rent for six months. No, I know I don't want to do that. And you know, it's funny. A similar thing happens in Schitt's Creek. Um, and just the Shit's Creek connection is that the sister Lisa, played by Jennifer Robertson, she plays uh, Lisa. Oh, I can't even do it. But she, um, Lisa, she is in Shit's Creek as well. And oh um, wow, she's okay. very funny. And and it's kind of the same delivery that she has in this movie. But she's great. Oh, interesting. So, interesting. Um, but anyway, well, I I I loved you know I love the gayness of this movie. Uh, uh, more, more Netflix, more uh, Hulu, Amazon. Bring them on. Yeah, bring them on. We're Tubi, ready for Tubi. You guys doing original programming? I think they are. <laughs> Shutter. Yeah. Oh, I'll watch it on <laughs> Shutter. Yeah, not AMC Plus. I have lines and limits. <laughs> there are limits. There are All right, limits. Marys. We are going to take a, another break, and when we come back, there'll be a lovely little clip of the week for our final present. Mmm. Hi, Miss Savannah. Merry Christmas. I have a present for you. Present? <laughs> Come on in. <laughs> Thank you, baby. <laughs> Thank you, everyone. Well, aren't you going to say anything about my new hairdo? Oh, wow. It's really Christmassy. <laughs> What's that plant hanging off it? It's mistletoe, Pee Wee. You're always supposed to kiss someone when they stand underneath the mistletoe. This way, I'm assured of hundreds and hundreds of kisses from everyone. Stand over here. Come over here. Over here. Come over here and give us a big wet kiss. (laughs) (laughs) Don't worry. There's enough of me for everyone. So, uh, excuse me, Mr. Vaughn, but before you go make it out with everyone in the playoffs, how about forking over the gift? Here you go, (laughs) Pee-wee. Wow, really heavy. What is it, a gold brick? No, but it's just as priceless. It's my very own special homemade Christmas fruitcake. Fruitcake? Mm-hmm. Mm. 
<laughs> Thanks, Mr. Bond. You're welcome, Pee-wee. Oh, I have a present for you, too. It's perfume. Oh, the Pee-wee. Mm. It smells just like you. <laughs> mm. Thank you, Pee-wee. You're welcome. Da, hey, Miss Yvonne. Come stand over me. Coming, Flory, darling. Mary, I don't know how common knowledge it is, but Pee-wee's Playhouse was basically written for adults, knowing that those jokes would go over kids' heads. Yeah, it's, I mean, Pee-wee's Playhouse, Pee-wee's Big Adventure, like the whole world of Pee-wee is so, it just like walks this fine line of, it's not even just like jokes that, kids sort of get and adults get on an even deeper level there is a lot of that but it's like sometimes it's like that is a completely adult joke and I, I guess you could say that like Ren and Stimpy did a little of this and Spongebob does some of this but like mm. I think those are cartoons and so there is something about Pee Wee's Playhouse kind of walking the line of kids show and Elvira you know Oh, oh, for sure. I mean, there's, there's gay stuff in this. There's straight stuff in this. I mean, it, I, it's there, Mary. It's, it's uh, all there. Do you, I mean, all there. the moment he opens the door and he's like, oh, here's a, a couple more fruit cakes for you, and it's yes. two hot guys building the the fruit cake room, um, shirtless, shirtless. <laughs> now, for anyone who's like, what are you talking about? This is, um, I had. I grew up with Pee-wee's Big Adventure. My brother was obsessed with that movie. So I always knew about Pee-wee. Mm. But I had never seen Christmas at Pee-wee's Playhouse, the 1988 Christmas special. Um, and it wasn't until one of our Marys, Sister Mary Tyler, had told me about it and then started listing off the cast. And I, like, became physically overwhelmed and had to lay, it, lay down on the floor. I was like, someone get me a wet paper towel. I could not believe that there was something out there that was like, oh, well, we've got Oprah, we got Grace Jones, we got Dinah Shore, we got Joan Rivers. I mean... We got Whoopi. We got yeah. Whoopi. We got Matron alum Whoopi. We got Cher. We got Magic Johnson. I mean, to say nothing of then just kind of the regular Pee Wee's Playhouse folks, I mean, it, and all in 49 bonkers minutes. And they are bonkers. Uh, most Pee Wee episodes do, and this is most Chris, uh, sorry, children's programming. They read kind of like a fever dream or an acid trip. Like with kids, uh, there's a rule of thumb that their age is their attention span in minutes. Oh, that's interesting. So yeah, you you need to just move on very quickly, and it this is lightning fast. I. I just got to say, the special guest list at the top of this episode is like just a gay icons list from 1988. It's It almost reminded me of, remember that Too Many Cooks video where it yes. was just like the running credits going, it was like that of like the oh food God, in the I fridge yeah. and yeah, <laughs> and Cherry and Conky and Terry. And, I, I, yeah. Another acid trip, yes. Oh, yeah. And I mean, for those that imbibe, Christmas at Pee-wee's Playhouse, get as stoned as you fucking can. Oh, yeah. Which goes with what you're saying about attention span. This is best enjoyed altered in some way. I, I, 
I think it's like when you get really high, you really tune into how much Paul Rubens is winking at the camera. Oh. And, and I realize that Paul Rubens is one of my favorite drag kings. Like, yes. I, oh, for sure, Mary. Like, this is such... I mean, this is like watching drag on television. Like, Oh, and as we're talking about, you know, the gatekeeping of drag going on these days in the discussion, uh-huh. on both sides, mind you, but like there's females impersonating females. There's males impersonating males. It's all happening on yeah, this show. It is. And and what I love as, as Pee-wee as like, Pee- I mean, I mean, Pee-wee, like Paul Rubens is, is straight, but like there is such a, a queerdo a queerdo sensibility like oh he's so gay it's like he's so comfortable to make the gay jokes and not and like even i mean let's be real he peewee at one point goes cruising in the woods and finds cowboy curtis and little richard yes i mean mary incredible and i and and i he's in on the joke it's like you're welcome at the table of gay cruising jokes you know completely yes no mary every God, he is so good at letting us know when it's a joke. Through, I, I, I can't praise Pee Wee Herman or Paul Rubens enough. Like it is so brilliant. It's it, the so delivery, funny. Is, uh, the physicalness of Pee Wee Herman. It is such a lived-in character, so iconic, and we we have to talk about it when we talk about Pee Wee Herman. But it's just a disgrace how society. Threw him away. It's bonkers. I mean, and the things that people think versus what the true... People think he was in the middle of a a family movie theater surrounded by five-year-olds jerking off in their faces. You know what I mean? Like, that's the story that people have told themselves about Paul Rubens. And it's like, when you think of all of the awful things that incredibly boring and untalented people have done, and they still have careers, and then this guy, who's a genius, and is then written off as, you know, this pervert, it, yeah, and, and what's, Mary. it's just, it's mm. bonkers. And I, you know, not to get all right, Mary about it, and you could just say all right, Mary, but like, there, there's a part of me that's like, he was way too subversive. He was reading the culture he was he was talking to children he was you know what i mean like i uh-huh. feel like there was a danger from the status quo standpoint of peewee herman and so they were just poised to get rid of him yeah i mean you you do see it in i mean this special is it's it's not an overstatement to say it's so subversive like you know the gay jokes aside i mean i think there's even you know, because the special is really it, it's a it's Christmas at Pee Wee's Playhouse, and you know you're walking the normal paces of of writing the Christmas list, and friends are stopping by with fruit cakes, and you know uh, uh, Frankie Avalon and and Annette Funicello, Annette Funicello. Are, are making Christmas cards, and um, <laughs> but you know eventually you know towards the end it does get to like you know uh, well what Sweet. is the meaning of Christmas, and and he has that one line of like. Or maybe the the puppet says it. Like we all know that Christmas is just you know uh, capitalism, capitalism yeah. you know, meant to kind of ca- you know uh, uh, capitalize on our on our guilt and whatnot. And just throwing that in there and having the puppet say it is such a yes. clever trope of oh, have the puppet say it. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, just like Flory saying, "Hey, Miss Yvonne, come stand over me." Oh my god! I mean, that is so you know, like oh. <laughs> 
Missy Vaughn, who is she's such a little tramp. I didn't so realize horny. this. Oh. Was she always kind of? I missed this growing up. Like I just watching this now because I saw this special. I don't know, maybe five years ago. This. I miss this. Missy Vaughn is she's kind of hot to trot, right? I think I guess so. I mean, I uh, the whole house wants to kiss her. The whole house, <laughs> come give us a wet kiss. The fish say. <laughs> well, and the, the editing, they do the same kind of editing with with that moment of of all these different objects in the house wanting her to kiss them, and then Pee Wee saying, "Well, before you go, make out with the whole playhouse." Yeah. <laughs> Um, it's the same editing style with the word of the day, you know, whenever someone oh, says year and then everybody yes. yells. Like it's yes. so, it, it's <laughs> such a, a, a bonkers way of editing. I love it. <laughs> and when you watch Pee Wee's, I mean, it was set up and it's always set up on Pee Wee's Playhouse, but I, I have the vivid remem- vivid memory that as a kid, I had no idea when it was going to happen. And it was yeah. always funny when it did. Yeah, you know? it reminds me of like I feel like this. It, it happens here and on. You can't do that on television with the slime yeah, and the with water the slime and the yeah. water. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, but it's so interesting when you think of like Blues Clues and Dora the Explorer and these shows and, and and Sesame Street and all these shows that encourage participation from the audience and they give them almost mm. a job. Like your job yeah. is to pay attention to any time someone says year and right. then or you learn get, Spanish. Yo, yeah. or yeah, or learn Spanish or like whatever. Like there's just this task that you're given you're involved in it and i feel Mm -hmm. like and with peewee's playhouse what i love about this is like and then when we say the word you're gonna do the thing you're not supposed to do you're supposed to be sitting quietly watching tv and i want you to start yelling you know what i mean like Mm. that's subversive even you know oh yeah make your kids yell at the screen yeah i think i love that i love that and it's like and and then not only is there that but like in the christmas special it's Cher showing up for they they filmed this in like 25 minutes because she had sure. a really tight schedule. Um, it's Cher showing up like, oh, Pee Wee, I just wanted to find out what the word of the day was and being so game <laughs> to do the word yeah. of the day bit, you know? Yeah. So like, yeah, Screaming. it's subversive yeah. and it's gay and it's campy. I mean, like, mm-hmm. ugh. and I just love his reaction to her. Like, that was so cool, Cher. Thank you for right. sharing. Right? Right. That was so cool, Cher. <laughs> yeah, he has that line. It's like, um, that was Cher. Cher was right over there in the same room as my chair. I didn't. St- I hope I didn't stare. Oh, well, I don't care. And it's, I mean, it's so cute. Ugh. Uh, and you know what also I, uh, I, I also found fascinating? We had our first like Zoom call right? with Whoopi Goldberg, right? With the fake background, even the with the fake background. background. I mean, my yeah. God, and like I love that the joke is that he's dissing her. Well, that's <laughs> one of the things I love about Pee Wee is he's like, as they would say, he's such a little stinker. You know what I mean? Yeah, he's such a little, just a little asshole. Yeah, yeah. he's like, I don't know, Pee, I don't know, Whoopi. We'll see. You know, like. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, she's like, oh, I guess I'll just see you in two years. He's like, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> well, it's like, so he's like, he blows off Whoopi. He's like, Oprah, I got to go. You know, right. Oprah calls. Oh, my God, Oprah. Um, <laughs> Dinah Shore gets completely shaded. Oh, oh, God, that moment. I got to say, there's one line of Dinah Shore's song. Oh, and I hope you uh-huh. heard also. It's my favorite one. Yep. Is it? Okay, it's, wait. Should we say it at the same time? Yeah, that one part. Yes. Okay, one, okay, one two, two, three. three. 18, 18 bags of, of nachos. nachos. <laughs> 18 bags of nachos. 
Oh, I thought she says 18 pounds, but yeah, it's bags. It's bags. Okay, 18 great. bags of nachos. She goes, 18 bags of nachos. Amazing. I'm glad yeah. you heard it also. We didn't even discuss it. No. <laughs> yeah, it's 20 pounds of fruitcake, 19 CD players, 18 bags of nachos, 17 bodybuilders. <laughs> It's such a throwaway moment. It's so funny. It is. 18 yeah. bags of nachos. Brilliant. Brilliant. And he puts up a dummy, which is also yeah. very Zoom Zoom culture, you know? Yeah, oh, of course. Right. Like, oh, you know, people have all these hacks of how do you look like you're present in the meeting. Yeah. Uh-huh, um, right. And I love that when he first gets on the call with Dinah, she starts singing the song, and it's, and it's just a very straightforward 12 Days of Christmas. And Paul Rubin's, like, face acting of his <laughs> face just starts to go, mm. Like, uh, like it's so subtle and it's so brilliant. And I just think that like all you'd have to change is the actual physical drag. And this is the same energy of a of a lady presenting drag queen, of a Coco Correct. Peru kind of drag yes. queen. And that's what I love about Pee Wee is like I like th- this as a drag energy. Like it's funny. It's connective. It's a little shady sometimes. Subversive. It's quirky. It's subversive. It's like – Pee-wee's shady. He could fuck Miss Yvonne, you know? Yeah, he could easily fuck Miss Yvonne. I mean, I think even Conky wouldn't mind a little, you know, sure, o- sure. oil check. But yeah, um, what's he doing on that cherry, you know? He's always sitting on Cherry's face. I mean, not for <laughs> nothing. Uh, but I always, I, but I like Pee-wee, you know what I mean? Like, I, oh, I, yes. he's also, like, he helps little Richard. And, like, there is no greater pairing than Pee Wee Herman and Little Richard. Mary, th- I mean, it was gold. It it's was so funny. Gold. And of course, the first thing I thought about, of course, was Kennedy goddamn Davenport. And it was like, yes. wait a minute. I know she won Snatch Game, but can we just remember how good that was? Because yes. like when you then see Little Richard, you see that like Kennedy did it so well. Yeah, Kennedy was doing it. Kennedy did it, that goddamn thing, and I still can't believe in. that that was that was a a tie. Yeah, it was a tie. No shade, for no a, shade to Ginger. Ginger was great, but like this was brilliant. Yeah, that but like that wasn't Adele, and like this was Little Richard. But yes, I I did like what what I loved the most, you know or when I really fell in love with this was when I realized like when Pee Wee goes outside to build the snowman and he runs into Cowboy Curtis, I was like, this is literally, they're in the rambles in Central Park Mm -hmm. and Cowboy Curtis is such, he's so flaming and you know, Curtis has fucked Pee Wee's brains out. Oh my God. He came to offer him the red pill. Yeah, absolutely. He could give me the black pill if he wanted. (laughs) Well, I'm just saying like, get him out of that matrix and, you know, yeah, fuck, fuck him in Zion. Yeah, I get I'm out of sorry. my wet dreams Matrix, and get into my car. Yeah, yeah, no. Uh, Cowboy Curtis pinged for you as a kid, right? Um, I was aware of him, but I think my brother knew of him more, so I only knew of him as a name. So it wasn't oh. he wasn't as um like formative, I guess. He's a he's one of those like oops, you know, like mm-hmm. oh, all right. He gave me the feels. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, and and there's something to be said. It makes me think about, it, it almost feels like a connection on Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. His, um, I think his mailman at one point was black and there was a, a scene where they like wash their feet together in a, in a, like a pool. Oh, wow. And it was this really, you know, controversial moment of like, you know, this is, this is totally fine and this is totally normalized and you know it's on this show and I feel like Pee Wee Herman is doing a version of that of like here is my like flaming black friend who is cowboy who's a cowboy I mean like Mm -hmm. 
I don't. You haven't seen Power of the Dog yet, have you? No, I haven't. Oh, girl, if you want a gay cowboy movie, Power. You, mm, I, I do. I strongly recommend it. And Kirsten Dunst at her best. All right, Kirsten Dunst. Hey, I I don't scoff at Kirsten Dunst. She's uh, excellent. Many do. She's I'm sure she is. Excellent. Yeah, sure um, she is. But anyway, um, yeah, we I, need to talk. Oh, go no, ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I was gonna say we need to talk about Grace Jones. Oh my God, I loved this number. I loved the idea that she was in a box on the way to the White House. What is that uh-huh. about? What There's a little that? bit of a trafficking joke here, <laughs> like not for nothing. It's a little awkward yeah. if you go there, but back it's in the also box, like, Grace. You know, but it's also I don't know. It's part of the brand of like she's a just a fashion robot, which I was also getting. I can't tell you how much I snapped when she took off those gloves. Oh, <laughs> of course. Ah. Of course. And then she performed, and nobody loved that performance more than Terry. Terry, oh, pterodactyl Terry was, was losing yes. his mind. Terry the Italian pterodactyl. I never understood, mm-hmm. never mm-hmm. realized that, but the way Terry dances while she sings Little Drummer Boy is... Ugh, I could watch that all day. God, like what a wonderful little moment that she was also like so game for. Totally. She's like, yeah, I'm going to be on Pee Wee Herman. Fuck yeah, I'll sing Drummer Boy. Yeah, put give me a spotlight. Yeah, yeah. I got plenty of time. Ugh. Right. It was Brilliant. so good. I Brilliant. I loved it. Um Brilliant. You know, I I also I want to mention I, you know, in terms of crazy like I can't believe you had this person on. Um I love the fact that he it's, he's in this very briefly, but the King of Cartoons is played by William Marshall, who played Blackula in the 70s. Oh. And so, like, there's also that of, like, you have this, like, black exploitation like, icon playing your King of Cartoons. Like, mm. ugh. I love mm. that. It's like, it's like Pam Greer should have been the male lady. Oh, mm. yeah. But, you know, no no sneezing at Esopatha Merkerson, who, Oh, no. You know, I'm not sneezing at Yeah, her, she's no. a legend. She apparently... Oh, for sure. Apparently, her... I read this in IMDb her character in law and order is like the longest running female character on television history. Amazing. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, she was, I mean, and I, she feels like someone who's like, Oh, you're like in like powerful, like Broadway caliber, like dramatic actress. And here you are Reba, the male lady in Pee Wee's mm-hmm. playhouse. It's, and getting like, and she was on Pee Wee's playhouse, like the show as well. But like, yeah, it's that thing similar to like Roseanne where I love that it's John Goodman and Laurie Metcalf, you know, it's like, ugh, you guys are legends and you're playing, you know, Dan and aunt Jackie. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. They're playing uh, just different roles. Yeah. In a different way. Um, I, I caught it. I don't know if you caught it, but Joan Rivers was ending a joke. Sure. But I wouldn't try it with a bar. Of soap. Oh my God. And it's like, Oh my God. Joan on peewee. Yes. <laughs> and then God love her. That reveal, the Christmas sweater reveal that said Merry Christmas when she raised her arms. Oh, yes. Yes. I mean, it, it... if only we got more of Joan. We get we get a very brief Joan, very brief Oprah, whoopee. Yeah. very brief Whoopi. But like the fact that they said, "Yeah, I'll do the special." Sure. What do you want me to do? It it's, ah, uh, it's beautiful. Um, it is beautiful. Uh, I love the the running gag of Annette and Frank kind of being forced to make these Christmas cards, and the way that Pee Wee is able to play it, like Frank, Annette, did did you guys finish? Mm-hmm. Nope, can't go outside yet. Sorry. And yeah. then like, get him bread and water now. Get back. To-. He's so good at 
just bringing darkness with such light and bright characters. And like, with them, with with the yeah, di- with, with them. the Disney icons, you know, Frankie and Annette. Like it's that's so great. Um, you know, I I think Magic Johnson was there for an hour because he that's all he you know had time oh my for God, the green screen the work, green yeah. screen. But let me tell you, you know what I didn't realize? Magic Johnson, what a put him on that. He's so cute. He is so he is so cute. cute. And I, the Magic Johnson was one of those figures growing up where you knew about him, and then the next thing you knew him about him was that he had HIV. Yeah. Yeah, and it, then you didn't know any like as a kid, right? You you weren't allowed to know anything more about him, and and it felt kind of like oh, but can you like like is it like wait is, he's is it dangerous? Yeah, is he gay? Right. Is he like contagious? It was all these like right kind of misunderstanding things, and you know, or oh my god, it was it was so brilliant yeah. for him to come forward and be public about that. Like people forget about that impact, like. Huge, yeah, huge. As as we're in our own kind of pandemic, going into an endemic, like it's just interesting to look back at those moments where it's like the stigma starts, just barely starts to come away because of moments like that. Yeah, it's it makes me think of Tom Tom Hanks and Rita Wilson when they announced they had COVID. It oh was my like god, they normalized right? it. <laughs> if Tom can get it, you know, yeah, um, no, totally, totally. But um, yeah, yeah. Magic yeah, Johnson, I, oh, he is, oh, he's so, so cute. fucking cute. He's, I just so have cute. such a crush on him. Um, um, the other gay icon, uh, Katie Lang was in Katie this. Lang just toasted on eggnog and oh my god, just you know, ringing out the rag, ringing out, the, ringing out Elvis the gay impersonator. Rag. Oh, yeah. God. Oh my gosh, Brilliant. it was. I mean, you really when you think about, and then it's like Jaja Gabor and the Countess, uh-huh. the the fancy cower friends. I mean, like the queerness of Joan Rivers shows up on on you know Hollywood Squares, and Little Richard is ice skating in in a gay cruising part of the park, and Grace Jones shows up in a box, and Dinah Shore is. It's like. The Del Rubio twins, triplets, are singing in the woods doing guitarography. It's nuts. I, like, Mary, I, the nuance of Jaja laughing at not Pee Wee, but Paul Rubens in this little bit. Like, I feel like she just totally break, broke character a little bit. Oh, it was, yeah. I just yeah. thought it was so sweet. It, it, this whole special is just a smile. We get Charo, who. Mary Char is such a total badass, right? Like Charo. Yeah. She sings hit it, Conky. Like she is so adorable. She sings that song. I I yeah. It's I, interesting. I can't believe how gay this is. <laughs> and it's crazy. She shows up in the Bitch Who Stole Christmas almost in the same model of like mm. surprise guest. And it's like, oh, Charo's been doing this, you know? And and, yeah, and even before knows. this. But like she's like she's so good at getting the tone of like special guests, you know. Um, what did you make? You know the Feliz Navidad moment when uh, Pee Wee's trying to say it back. Yes, it, it read to me as very Jerry Blank. I think it's like it was what was interesting. It was very much Pee Wee being Jerry Blank, and then it was the educational side of Ricardo repeating it over and over uh-huh. so that kids understood how to pronounce yes. it. So it's really like very very clever and. You know, and, and then the kids can laugh at him still. And the kids can laugh at them saying it wrong. Exactly. Yeah. Of course, now in 2021, it'd be like, that's really offensive. It's not that hard to speak other languages. You know, people would lose it. But like, 
that's not what the you know it's not what I it don't was. think that was what the intention was. No, yeah. just people are you know. And it was also poking fun at white people speak trying to learn a different language and just not hearing it. You know, right? Though what I do love is then at the end when he says to, to Charo. What is, what's Anyo? And then he kind of oh, looks yeah. at the camera. So he clearly <laughs> knows a little bit of Spanish. Uh, it's so cute. And then we get um, Miss Renee. Oh, Miss Renee. We get mm-hmm. the, you know, I love that the dinosaurs in the wall are Jewish. I think that is, yeah. like, that yeah. sentence in and of itself on its own uh. makes no sense. But in the world uh. of Pee Wee's Playhouse, it makes perfect sense. Kept the oil burning, you know what I mean? Yeah, they did. I mean, you know, they God bless them. And then they found the gelt inside the dreidel. I mean, that's the best part of Hanukkah. Oh, totally, totally. Um, yeah, this special, it, uh, I got to say, we just came from a movie where there was a Christmas pageant. And we get, like, 1980s footage, which they do. They've done this on Nickelodeon a lot and children's programming. They like to show kids, like, real live kids so that kids can see themselves yeah. on TV. Mm-hmm. And uh, I wasn't expecting this, but we get to see like a 1980s Christmas pageant that was very diverse, mind you. Yeah, but clearly like just somebody's home video of a third yes. grade Christmas pageant. It was so yes. weird. And and what it made me think of was there, what I think takes some of this tone and some of what Pee Wee's doing and then like puts a you know a, a main line of heroin into it is have you ever seen the show wonder shows in no okay well mary you have paramount plus right no okay well i'll just give you my login um <laughs> do you have anything do you have any <laughs> but no uh it is it's this like no i don't know what channel <laughs> no uh michelle visage with the finger up i don't know if it was originally on mtv late at night but it's Mary's listening. I, I don't know how they they know what I, that I don't know how to describe it. Wonder Chosen is incredibly dark, incredibly funny, incredibly offensive. It's like, ugh, I'll say I'll I'll send it to you after this. But that is almost like take in some ways some of what it does takes the baton from Pee Wee's Playhouse and then just like runs into the stratosphere with it. Wow! Like, but it's like very clearly for adults. It's not supposed to be for kids at all. But it has that model of like, you know, a variety of, of clips and shows for kids. But anyway, um, that was, you know, like, for example, in this, you know, um, there's the cartoon, you know, they show like the, that old 1930s oh, cartoon. I yes. feel like there'd be a, there's a version of that in wonder shows and that's a lot darker, you know? Oh, for sure. And it was a little dark. I mean, it is. It's that old cartoon thing where it's like, oh god, it's just a bunch What's of orphans happen? crying in yeah. a room. Like, right? Like, and then what the, is going to happen in this cartoon? Right. And then he makes them all of these presents out of like, here's a Trash. a high chair and a vacuum cleaner, and it's like, yeah, Mary. I yeah, mean, I the get the later. Yeah, yeah I girl. get the message, but it's also like this is depressing. You know, it, it wild. Um, yeah. You know, we're saving. For me, the best for last. We, we, Mary, we need to talk about Penny. Yes, it all comes down to Penny, who I had forgotten was a Pee Wee's Playhouse character because I only really remembered from. Um, it's kind of like as a kid, I couldn't watch Heathcliff, the cartoon, without seeing the PSA of Penny saying, Drugs are bad. I wouldn't do drugs. And then the dog kisses her. Do you remember that? Like, it was always in, like, in the midst of those commercials on, like, you know, weekday mornings. 
I, I know exactly what you're talking about, Mary. Yeah. Yes. Like they absolutely. would have the ads for like DeVry or Catherine Gibbs and feed the children or save the children. And then they'd have this commercial and then there'd be like, and after these messages, we'll be right back. I know exactly what you're talking mm-hmm. about. They used her. Uh, it was the same animation as the um, Inside Out Boy. Yes, um, who goes over the, the over the bar? Over the bar, becomes, yes. inside out boy. Yeah, Penny, Mary. That's what I quote. I still quote. Um, hamsters are good. Birthday parties are real good. Drugs are bad. I wouldn't do drugs. <laughs> I always, yeah. I mean, how impactful? And so, Penny in this, it, it is. Oh. It, it's just like it's a seven-year-old free associating. You know what time it is? Christmas time. That's right. And it's time for a Penny cartoon. <laughs> Hello, my name is Penny. Christmas. I love Christmas. In our old house, we had this enormous living room about the size of a ballroom. And it had this really tall Christmas tree about from here to the ceiling. It was so enormous. We had so many ornaments. And I love it. While we decorate the tree, we watch um, old movies like Road to Morocco, the comedy. You know Road to Morocco with Bob Hope and um, what's it called? <laughs> and Dorothy the Moor. I just love her eyes. Well, we always go um, out and buy me a dress. You know those dresses that have the long sleeves or the short sleeves, whatever it is, and then it gets all squealy here on the big puff skirt? That's what I had. It was the most fascinating dress. I've never seen it in the kid's size before. Thanks, Penny. That was really swell. It was, I think it was Paul Rubens that went up to the writers and was like, look, we need a girl. We need a girl on the show. And the writers were like, okay, how about a girl with pennies for eyes? And they came up with this character. And basically, it's this seven-year-old talking about a subject like toast. And then they animated around it. Right. And I, the thing is, I feel like in maybe the last 10 years or so, there's someone who did something similar on like YouTube or Twitter or whatever where like they – recorded their kid telling like a story the way kids tell stories and then they animated whatever nonsense the kid was talking yes. about does that sound familiar yes yes i know exactly what you're talking about i i remember seeing that and it was it made me cry it was gorgeous yeah because it, it, it was just like you know did it make sense no but like this is how kids tell stories and i think penny and in, in, in the special is an early version of that yeah it, it's it's very much like the original TikToks in in mm-hmm. some ways, right? Yeah. Where they take audio and then they show us something or they show they act it out in a way. Yeah. Um, and she's adorable. And I just feel like uh, it, she created a mold. These people were doing animation. It wasn't 3D claymation. It was 2D claymation. And it turned out to be Wallace and Gromit. Um, oh, that's true. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's it's, it's this inspiration. Well, and Penny. The Chicken Run and all of that. I mean, yes, like, Mary. It's yeah, yes. yeah. All of the '90s kind of like all of those cartoons that came. Hey Arnold came out of this. Shaun the Sheep. Um, what else did I write down? Uh, even like Rugrats um, were were coming from this. In terms of that, like these people. Yeah, these people. yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Like I mean, this was their like uh, Bartlett. I feel like is uh, is uh, where this came from. Nick Park and and Bartlett. I'm reading uh, a little Google thing, um, but yeah, like they all. This was their first stop. I mean, there is that feeling of like there was an era where kids' television d- did feel almost unregulated, and 
we were mm. watching Ren Stimpy and Rocco's Modern Life and even Rugrats, and it's like there is, especially in the early seasons, oh, all of Ren that Stimpy. stuff. It's Ren Stimpy being really, it's like on, on a whole other level. But Rocco's Modern Life, I mean, oh yeah, we could do a Matreon on Rocco's Modern Life. I oh mean, my god, there's so much there. It's a great show, uh, but it's like you know nobody was questioning it. You know what I mean? Like I remember, like I remember seeing things of going, hmm. I don't know if I understood that joke, but something, there, you know, unknowing that there was something underneath the surface, you know? I do remember that Ren and Stimpy was considered for high schoolers. I remember there was some grumbling about Ren and Stimpy and like, oh, kids shouldn't watch that. It's too graphic or it's it's not, you know, I do remember that. Yeah. My parents, I don't know why they, I think that's because they liked it or my dad liked it. Like they let us watch mm. it. But um, yeah, I don't know. There's There's definitely elements of it that like still stick with me like there's an episode where ren gets peck implants and i like yes i remember this and i always remember when he's getting the the implants they like take a scoop and then they drop it and he and he makes a sound when it goes in his chest and it like always makes me like i feel it you know what i mean i'm like ooh, that's uh. like I, I get like a sickly feeling in my nipples you know? oh wow yeah yeah no that show was that show was gross. Like that was filth. You know, oh, it's like there so was gross. some nasty things, like band aids with hair on them. Uh huh. But Stimpy yeah. is a queer icon. Stimpy is so Stimpy gay. Stimpy is gay. Yes. So he's gay. Very very. He's gay. such a big fay queen. I love uh -huh. it. Yeah. 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 There's always one of those in those '90s cartoons. Like, yeah. I feel like um, Heifer. Heifer. Heifer was uh, very gay. Heifer, and then Chucky Finster, I think, was pretty gay. Chucky was gay, but then Phil and Lil's mother and father oh, were clearly. Yeah. They yes, were both. They're gay but yeah, they were beards, beards. Uh -huh. yeah um absolutely oh yeah god yeah uh, but doug was not subversive but i remember like doug came out at the same time but doug did not have that kind of like undercurrent no, of, like, it, no it had messages and it was an amazing show but it wasn't this you know absolutely not that was much more kind of like realistic yeah you can say that Ugh. um i you know i God, I even think of like Drew Drogi uh, and Chloe with these Penny cartoons where it's just like, I love Christmas. And then she explains why. And mm -hmm. it's just it's free association and it's kind of funny and it's quirky. She's adorable. This little Penny girl. I I was so pleased because I forgot. Oh, my God. I love Penny. I love Penny. Penny is so important. Yeah, and I feel like now the version of it that I don't necessarily love, but I think is kind of taking over is like people literally putting their cute kids on TikTok. You know what I mean? Or or YouTube. Like I feel like I remember. You know, I, I oh, remember there was a little girl, like even at a very young age, I remember seeing. You know, cause she just said really funny things and did really funny things, and her mother, you know, was always recording it. And I and it's like, it's not the same. It's like, well, your kid's really funny, but like. Eventually, I stopped trusting it. You know, I hear you. I mean, there was the you know uh, that really hurt Charlie and the kid yep. coming home from the dentist yep. and the go kid, go little girl and oh, the, go bois. Uh, give God me you fucking her. money. Give me yeah. fucking money. Yeah, some um, of these are gold. Yeah, some of them are gold. I I the I feel like because I don't have TikTok, but I've been watching it on Instagram Reels, which I know is people hate, and I need to you know get eh, on TikTok, whatever. but. There's uh, I I notice that they're using kid audio, but they're putting it with 
um, footage of their pets. And I'm like, this is what I want. Oh, this is what I want. I could get into that where like, it's a little bit of a look who's talking situation. Uh Narrating the dog's thoughts. I could get into that. Yeah. And like the one that's so cute that uh, keeps coming up is like, do you love me? I love you. I love you. I'm your baby. Am I your baby? I'm your baby. And it's like this little kid saying it, but like it's this cat or this dog just mm-hmm. like snuggling up to you and looking at you. Oh my God, Ugh. I just die. <laughs> and that I'm fine with. You know, like give cats a voice, you know? They deserve it. Yeah. Uh, one of my favorite comedians, uh, Tony. Uh, Tony, oh shit! <laughs> just oh, yeah, the Tony Skibbity comedy. Paps guy. What's his name? Oh, Skibbity Paps. Yes, yes. Tony Parker. I think that's who it is. Yeah. Um, but he he does it so well. He does. Uh, he does. Yeah. Um, and that's Tony like, Baker. Tony, Tony Baker. Baker. Tony Baker. Yeah. That is an art. I feel like my family was all like that growing up. Is you narrate what the dog is thinking. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Like there's yeah. certain like there's certain types of families and types of people. Do you narrate what the dog is thinking or not? Right. Like when the dog enters the room, does everybody acknowledge it? You know what I mean? Like uh-huh. when Mickey came yeah. in the room, we're like, oh Mickey, hey, you know, like hey, she Mickey. was. Yeah, yeah right. she never came in and no one acknowledged her. You know. Oh, that's so nice. Yeah. Uh, well, Mary, you know, the clock on the wall is telling me that it's almost Christmas Eve. Oh, uh, it's appropriate and, for Pee-wee's Playhouse. Hey, yeah. Pee-wee, what time is it? It's Christmas time! <laughs> it's snowing! <laughs> it's snowing! It's the way that he just rung that out to the point of, like, it's annoying and then it was funny again. Yeah. Oh, God. I can't say enough good things about Pee-wee. Um, this is this has been a, a really great little Christmas wrap up. We went on very long because Mary's now's the time to listen to a podcast. It seems uh, yeah. go on a walk, yeah, you know, sit around your house, put on a podcast, make some pies. I don't know. Yeah, and um, if you're having a a, a quieter or a, a lone Christmas, or maybe not as many people, then maybe we got to keep you company for two plus hours. How nice is that? It's so nice. Uh, well, Marys, if you have any thoughts, uh, you can reach out to us on Twitter at All Right Mary. You can email us at All Right Mary Podcast at gmail.com. You can find us on the web at www.allrightmary.com or tasteofreality.com slash allright dash Mary. And if you want, I'm on Instagram at Johnny Also or Twitter at Johnny Also One. And you can find me on my other two podcasts in the details, a celebration of nuance or best supporting podcast, a celebration of best supporting actresses. And you can find me on Twitter at Colin Drucker, Instagram at Colin Drucker underscore. And of course, you can get more of both of us, including us working through the Christmas host or whatever the hell we're going to call this. Um, uh, and as well as, you know, discussing season eight, eventually season three, uh, a metric fuck ton of content, honestly, in the archives, all of that at patreon.com slash all right, Mary. All right, Mary. You know, we haven't talked about a last chance lip sync, but I do have one. Um, if you don't mind, Mary, unless you're chomping at the bit. No, I mean, I, it it was like, if anything, we'd play Heartquake, but if you've got something, then Uh, send us out. I just love that. I just love Heartquake. No, I do. Uh, This one, um, I was introduced to it by Heidi in Closet, actually, um, without knowing that it's a pretty kind of sort of well-known performance. It's called The 12 Days of Christmas, and it's a performance of a woman getting very, very drunk singing the 12 days of Christmas. Oh, I love but, that. But 
Days is spelled D A Z E. Mm-hmm. Um, Heidi did it in her uh, Christmas Queens touring show. But I got to say, Mary's, if you look up some other people lip syncing this song, like it, you will be rolling. It is so funny. And I think more people need to do this lip sync. I've never even heard of this. This is great. Do you know who sings it? What her name is? Uh, no, but I can Google right now. Uh, yeah, give it a Google <laughs> and, you know, I'll, I'll vamp for a little bit. Um, okay. You know, so this is obviously on our main feed for all of our Marys. And, you know, that may lead to the question of, well, what's coming up next? Because previously we were doing Dragula and that ended. And the answer to your question is, well, chances are we're going to have to check in on maybe doing a Meet the Queens of season 14 because starting on the 7th, season 14 starts. So, yeah, coming up next is season 14 content, I would say. Oh, yeah. I'm excited for it. Um, There's lots to be excited for. There's some queens that I'm just like living for Bosco. I'm just so excited to see what Bosco does on the show. Um, I wish the, I could the, remember who any of the other queens are, but oh none of the other ones well, make a headline. <laughs> uh, isn't that funny? Uh, well, uh, Cornbread, I know I'm very excited for um, the clips that I've seen of Cornbread so far. There's some that have stuck out. Uh, but the, the person who performs The 12 Days of Christmas, her name is Faye McKay. Well, okay, Faye. Um, which is the alternate name for All Right, Mary. Um, okay, Faye, well, uh, happy holidays to all of our Marys. And we will be back. I don't. I think we'll have another episode out before the New Year's, so I will not wish you a happy sure. New Year's. But, uh, you know. Oh, my God. Could you not, don't say New Year's, Mary. Why? <laughs> it's New Year. <laughs> my God. Oh, my goodness. Well, Christmas has been ruined. Goodbye, everyone. <laughs> Bye, Mary. Tatins. On the first day of Christmas, my true love gave to me a partridge in a pear tree. On the second day of Christmas, my true love gave to me two catty sacks and a partridge in a pear tree. On the third day of Christmas, my true love gave to me three old crows, two catty sacks and a partridge in a pear tree. On the fourth day of Christmas, my true love gave to me four old Fitzgeralds, three old crows, two cutty socks, and a partridge in a pear tree. On the fifth day of Christmas, my true love gave to me five dry rob <laughs> Four old Fitzgeralds, three old crows, two cutty and the partridge in a pear tree On the sixth day of Christmas My true love gave to me Six Cuba Libras Five dry rob Four old fish shells Three old crows Two caddies And a tree And a, and a bird with a fruit on the limb um, On the seventh day of Christmas My true love gave to me Seven Johnny Walkers Six Cuba Libras Five dry rob and a tree, and a tree, and a tree in the meadow. On the eighth day, on the Christmas, I see like you, I see I see I I'm a man, 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 I'm a
I'm a bad rain. 